Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to another Wisco Fanatics Friday night edition. Uh, we are back. Simon is actually with us. He took a took a night off of building igloos to to join the show tonight. So we got Simon with us. Just to um, go out and build yeah. more igloos for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Simon live and in the flesh for one night. Um, so we're going to be talking tonight, recapping the Packers-Falcons game and then previewing the Packers-Saints game. So we thank you for everybody who is uh, tuning in during the crazy, crazy Brewers and Badgers games going on right now. So if you're uh, willing to watch us when these two games are going on, we appreciate it. So, uh, Jake, take it away, and, uh, yeah, we can introduce the show. And then Simon's, or Simon's got our number three star. Jake has our number two star. Bryant has our number one star and then i have the underrated performer what's up tim so uh i suppose we can let bryant go first since he's got the number one star oh i wanted Simon to go first but that works i mean you want to go three two one we can go three two one yeah have Simon go first because i'm trying to find something real quick. all right let's go three two one all right bryant's trying to find a stat from 2005 <laughs> uh yeah so third star is uh devondre campbell you know i think he had a pretty solid game honestly um Nothing spectacular or anything, but 14 combined tackles, didn't miss a tackle, credited PFF credited him with two stops, and he only allowed one catch for 10 yards. So, yeah, it's a solid game there. All right. Um, That's it. I got. All right. That's it. All right, Jake, number two. Yeah. So, we had uh, Jaden Reed. Um, he He had a really good game. Um, I actually have a stat for Jaden Reed. I was going to save it for the Saints game, but I'll, I'll use it right here. Reed is the second Packer since the merger to have multiple touchdowns in one of his first two games as a pro. The other Packer, James Lofton in 1978. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a pretty good stat. Yeah, I found I like that one. I was pretty excited about that one. But, yeah, he had a good game. He was dominating on out routes, two touchdowns, his first uh, multi-touchdown game, his first two touchdowns of his career, obviously. So, yeah, lots of good stuff. Tyler keeps teasing everybody with uh, something he wants to say about Jaden Reed. Oh, I got something spicy when it comes to Jaden Reed. I'm going to save it to when I talk about the passing game distribution, but it's going to happen. So, I'll hold on to it for that. Hey, Uh, Tyler, did did you see Tim share an old live from us today? I did not. Dude. I commented on there. I was like, blast from the past. Because holy shit, dude. Go check when it out on Trump? his page. 2021, dude. Two years ago. 2021, huh? Yeah. We were previewing the, God, what was it? Like a Rams game or a Buccaneers game or something like that? I don't remember, but it was crazy. Was it the Alan Lazard puke game? It <laughs> might be, actually. The day when it was like 934 degrees in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's Tim's been following us longer than anybody else. Tim with the heart reaction. I saw that too. <laughs> All right, Bryant is doing his best to find a stat 
yeah, about just, AJ Hawk for some reason. No, I mean, it's not about AJ Hawk. So that one was in college, it looks like. But I seen some. So number one star that we have is Quay Walker. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting one for me because he also <laughs> he played so good, but that one interception could have you know unfortunately didn't hold on that. Well. But he overall he played really well. He had 17 tackles. I seen somewhere on the internet, so it must be true that the 17 tackles that he had was a single game record for the Packers. But I'm having um, trouble finding it to right now. Uh, they have like single game sack records everywhere and all that stuff, but for whatever reason, the, the tackles weren't logged. Um, but yeah, so he played he played a phenomenal game. He's kind of everywhere, really. So uh, if he just holds on to that one interception, it goes from like a phenomenal game to maybe one of the you know probably the best game of his career thus far. So um, I think it still was. Yeah, it, it would still be close. Um, so yeah, very very strong game by Quay Walker. I'm excited of what I've seen from him. Uh, I know we we don't, and I'll re- reference them again later. We don't hold PFF records or PFF scores like um, you know as gospel. gospel. But the first week he was over 90. This last week he was over like 75 or whatever it was. So he's he, you know obviously you know he's played very well. So I would say if he holds on to that interception, it takes him from one of the best players on the team to the best one of the best uh, performances in the league for the week. Yeah. Um. And and I do think I said this in the I reviewed one of his plays today, the play that he made on Bijan Robinson when they tried to roll him out on a screen when they had Ty, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson on the field at the same time. And Quay Walker identified it and made a really nice tackle on the line of scrimmage. I said that I believe that Quay Walker was the best player on the field on either side of the ball for the Packers. Yeah. So hence him being our number one star. I don't disagree with that. So for underrated performer, I got to pick this week, and I went with Dontavian Wicks. So week one, he had zero catches, two penalties as the highest snap count wide receiver. In week two, he had two receptions for 40 yards and his first touchdown. Uh, he broke a tackle to score and forced the safety to miss. Um, could have really had two touchdowns, but there was a, a pass interference that could have been called that wasn't called. Um, so that, you know, kind of is what it is. And he drew the penalty on the very first play of the game, which we'll talk about when we get into some of the offensive stuff. But Dontavian works really underrated game for him and just uh, just really good to see from a fifth-round rookie for him to perform like that. So good game for him. So he's the underrated performer this week. So handful of takeaways before we start jumping into some some aspects here. Is David Bakhtiari not playing? We we bragged all offseason about our tackle depth. Why not use it if David Bakhtiari is on the fence? So I had to throw that in there. Um, but Bryant is going to talk about our wide receiver development. I know I just mentioned on Tavion Wicks, but Bryant, how are the wide receivers uh, developing from week one to week two? Yeah, I mean, more of this. Really, I didn't see. I don't recall any uh, egregious drops or anything in this game. I think I called out that I thought Jalen Reed could have a pretty good game on the slot, and I thought he had a very good game. Sure, the one was kind of the little pitch out of the slot, but then he had another touchdown. He's been playing really well, like you said. Dontavian Wick kind of shot out of can in this game, um, so he's playing really well. Uh, I'm pretty. Ex- I'm excited to see and see what happens this next game. Um, with Christian Watson, Watson, he's trending towards playing. I think he's going to probably play, but he might be limited. You know, they've been doing that so far this year, but 
I want to see how involved the rookies are, or if this opens up even more opportunities for them. Um, the Saints do have a very good pass rush. Um, so I think we're going to have to get the ball out pretty quickly, especially if Bakhtiari is down. We already know Jenkins down. We, uh, I'm sure Simon will talk a little, I'll talk a little bit more about it too, but we'll talk about like Royce Newman and stuff being in there. So um, we'll see who they start at um, left guard this week, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. Also, I'm excited to see for sure. Jaden Reed's going to get his snaps this week. I feel like you have to get Dontavian Wicks on the field because even though he didn't put up too many stats in the first week, there's a couple he was you could see he was wide open and Jordan just didn't go to him. Um, so, you know, overall they're playing pretty well. So I feel somewhat similarly about the rookie tight ends. I'm a little more bullish on them, however. Um, the first possession, Luke Musgrave missed an opportunity to sit in the middle of the zone. Uh, love put the throw kind of where Musgrave should have sat in between the zone. That's just kind of a that's kind of a learning thing for him. Um, and then I'll say that Luke Musgrave he needs to work on his run blocking. Um, after rewatching this game a couple times and seeing um, it was Musgrave and Tom let a defensive end split a double team, um, I did tend to give AJ Dillon a little bit of a break um, as to where I was when the game first happened on Sunday. And then I sent this to you guys. Uh, ben Sims out snapping Tucker Craft 13 to 9 does not mama the Mia. Um, so, Third round pick, baby. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, <laughs> we'll see what happens with Tucker Craft if he's going to be able to do more to get on the field or if they're going to bring him along a little more slowly and just kind of let Luke Musgrave continue to handle the Lions' share of snaps at tight end. As far as the passing game distribution as a whole goes, I am pretty pleased overall. Nine different players were targeted in this game. Seven different players had receptions. Rookies scored all three touchdowns. But two things. One, Aaron Jones is a needed piece. He is absolutely a needed piece in the passing game. Um, We're going to talk about the running game in a little bit. Brian's going to have that, but... Aaron Jones is a needed piece in the past. And then two things on rookies. One, uh, Luke Musgrave running flat route leaks. Uh, It's a very beneficial thing, not only to Jordan Love, but to the offense as a whole. Obviously, it gives an opportunity to get Luke Musgrave out in space, and it just gives Jordan Love an easy completion. So that stuff might be kind of one of those things that they do a lot of against the Saints, who do have a pretty solid defense all around. Uh, And then the other one is... Jaden Reed running out routes. The second touchdown that Jaden Reed ran, they had basically three straight completions of Jordan Reed on out routes, basically right at the sticks, and it was unstoppable. Now, here's what I've been waiting to say all week about Jaden Reed. I've been wanting to say this, and it's something I told I told the guys in here that it's something that I've brought up a lot. And what I've brought up a lot is the Tyler Irvin role from all the way back to when Matt LaFleur first started his new offense with all the pre-snap motion. Now, what I'm thinking with Jaden Reed, and I know it's only two games in, but I already think that Jaden Reed is the best pre-snap motion player of the Matt LaFleur era. I don't think that's crazy. I mean, Matt LaFleur era. when they put Devontae in motion, motion, when we had Devontae. I was going to say, Devontae was... would probably be mine when he would do that little, like, just kind of slight move in the slot and stuff, and then he would do that jump cuts and stuff. You can't put him there, but I, I would say early signs are pretty good of what they've done with him. 
having Reed starting on the outside and then right before the snap motioning inside to the inside of the wide receiver to the outside wide receiver motioning in and then going up and out it's unstoppable when we get Watson on the field yes and I know you said carrying safeties Dontavian did a pretty good job of carrying safeties away from that but I mean when Christian Watson's there Jaden Reed's gonna have 10 yards away from the nearest defender when he's making those out catches. If I steal your thunder here a little bit, Tyler, I'm sorry, Adam, maybe you, but you sent us in our chat about the comment about like, you know, slower Miami. What we're seeing them do a lot is putting Hill in motion where he's running along this, you know, the, you know, line of scrimmage and then they're snapping the ball and he's already got a full head of steam and you just can't stop him. I mean, Tyreek's already unstoppable. I'm not saying that Jaden Reed is Tyreek by any stretch of the imagination, but putting them and getting them those head starts and stuff is definitely putting him in advantageous like positions to make those plays. Yeah. It doesn't make him Tyreek Hill. It's just, they're using him the same way that Miami. And that that first touchdown that he scored, I guess I should have talked on a little bit more with the wide receiver development. That first touchdown. Yeah. It's just that little, that touch pass. But I mean, the way he turned the corner, he's been show, he's that's twice in two games he's shown great balance along the sidelines. So, Cody said the Brewers have scored more than Purdue has. Purdue, the Brewers scored more than Purdue in one inning. Um, Christian Yelich has scored more than Purdue has. Um, so, well, not anymore. They have 10 now. Oh, okay. Must be nice to be uh, watching the game while you're doing the show. Just. <laughs> called multitasking all right simon is going to talk about the offensive line which is definitely going to be a hot topic of conversation who's doing running backs i am uh brian yeah i do okay Okay. so i want to see what you say first okay well okay so am i good to go for running backs yep you're good to go so at at first when we were watching this game we all wanted to hate on aj dylan and don't get me wrong he has some blame. He needs to keep his feet a little bit better. But the run blocking was absolutely atrocious uh, for the game, especially from the left side. Um, there, Like I said, he could have kept his feet some, but he was being contacted right away. I think he was contacted like the first yard. Um, uh, once again, this is where I said I'm going to talk about some PFF grades real quick. But these are, be, these are the running games for the five offensive uh, running grades for the five offensive linemen that played the majority of the game. Royce Newman, no surprise, 47.9. Runyon, 54. Rasheed Walker, 53.7. This one was surprising. Zach Tom, 43.6. The best run blocker of the game was Myers. Maybe we need to run up the middle more. I don't know. But So that's an average. So by PFF standards, 60 is average. The average um, score for across the board was 53 for that game. So our run blocking was just bad we we're there was one on one of the aj dylan runs to the left side you see royce newman completely get turned around and he's trying he's like pushing the guy into dylan um yeah, and Zach it, tom a couple times too yeah it just was it was atrocious so um when you have if you take away love's longest run of whatever 23 yards which 24. was a great run it was awesome to see yeah 24 um our longest run of the game was eight yards uh, we got to stop with the crap where we're trying to pitch to the outside. Again, uh, Emmanuel Wilson lost like five yards on that play. I, I will say I, I do like the inside pitch. Yeah, I do I'm like that. cool with that one. Yeah. yeah. We got to stop running horizontally. We need to run vertically up and down the, the field. 
We're, we can I mean, run horizontally with, with Aaron Jones. Jones. We cannot do it with A.J. Dillon we at all. We cannot do it with A.J. Dillon. Maybe in eventually with um, – and the last thing in the running game, I'm quite honestly, I'm kind of done with Patrick Taylor, not even because of the running game. But on that fourth down play, I get it that um, it was ultimately dropped. But yeah. we're in a hurry, and he's not getting set. He's just out there just slowly walking. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is probably why you're on the practice squad every year because you're not, like, paying attention to this spot. I'm sitting there – because could you imagine how bad it would have been if, if – who was it? Uh, Toure. If he would have held on to that ball and it gets negated because he couldn't get set because he was just being lazy out there and lackadaisical in that kind of position. So he had the one run for one yard. I mean, it was the the running backs take some blame, but it was I I would put a lot of it on the offensive line in the scheme. If you want to argue with the scheme and say we need to start running on side and just find whatever Dylan's best at, but I felt like we give him a lot of inside runs this game and he still couldn't get it done. That has a lot to do with the line. So I want to throw a couple things out on the running game. So I already mentioned the the Musgrave and Tom letting the letting the defensive end split the double team. There was a second and three run where Josiah DeGuara was coming into the gap on the, the left side of the left tackle. He got lit up by a linebacker right into A.J. Dillon. That stifled the run for him. And then just a couple of short yardage runs. I noticed this when the like the offensive line gets kind of compacted in towards the center on both ends. AJ Dillon kind of just runs into the pile. That's where I'd maybe like to see AJ Dillon just kind of exercise some patience and maybe just kind of bounce on the balls of his feet for a second and then wait for the hole to develop instead of just running into the backs of his offensive linemen. Uh, I think that would kind of help with what Cody brought up with. There was a trip that AJ Dillon tripped on Royce Newman. Uh, I think maybe just not running into the back of your offensive lineman would kind of help um, alleviate some of that pressure and some of those just going down on the first contact. I'm also, as far as running game, I'm also not that I want it to happen a lot, but I would like them to sprinkle here or there, maybe a, you know, a better designed. I know we've seen a, a pretty bad one week one, but um, a better designed option or quarterback run on those third and shorts because um, Love is showing, for one, he's taking some couple hits when he's running the ball, and he pops right back up and he gets in people's faces and kind of chirps. He did it this game. Love to see that. Did you see what uh, Matt LaFleur said about that? Yeah. yeah he, he told, like, he he said something to Love, like, hey, maybe, you know, slide there, maybe not talk as much. And Love said, I felt like we needed a spark there. Like, I, I felt like we, I needed to do that. So that's good that he's taking that leadership already. Juice. We needed the juice. juice. We needed the juice. There we go. And then um, – so maybe a couple of design runs on, you know, some third and shorts or just to show that we might do that because look at what Desmond, none of us, we all said, well, at least me, we don't have to worry about Desmond Ritter running as much. I don't know the stats. He might, that might've been his highest run rushing game in his career so far. I don't know. I, I haven't looked. I mean, he, he did a lot NFL, of that in Cincinnati. Sure. Well, in Cincinnati, yes, but not yeah. in the NFL. In the so NFL, I'm sure that he was. He surprised us. Um, with worry, that. I, got the for you. I wasn't that surprised. I, mean, I, was said, I think Desmond Ritter has... He's, he has, has the athleticism. Well, yeah. uh, I guess I would say I wasn't surprised by his athleticism. I was just surprised by some of them see more designed runs than I expected Atlanta to run with him. I mean, they were the number one – or I, sorry, I shouldn't say they had total. I think they were overall like sixth. But their, their running back duo that they have, even before they drafted Bijan, was good. And now they have potentially a three-headed monster – and running back of Cordero Patterson is healthy. So they know how to use their running backs. We needed, like we we kind of talked about, we needed Desmond Ritter to beat us with his arm. And when he was trying to do that, 
he threw us th- he threw us three picks. We only caught one of them, but unfortunately, we just didn't seal the deal. You know what I mean? Young team he scrambled. Come. He did some scrambles. So there's, you know, that's kind of what we were forcing him to do is we made him win in the passing game. So, um, so going back to the offensive line, Simon, uh, what did you notice with the offensive line and how they came out of week two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just I, I just want to, I mean, I just want to hit on because like I understand where everyone's at with AJ Dillon, and I I'm not saying I'm not absolving him of you know any blame, but he had 2.6 yards after contact per attempt, and he had 59 yards, or, or sorry, 55, excuse me. So he had 30, it was at 39 of his yards came after contact. Hmm. That's pretty like kind of gross That's to good. me. So yeah, yeah, it, it's good. It, but it also, like Bryant said, like it shows how bad our, uh, you know. 39 after means 16 before. Yeah. On 15 attempts. That means he's getting hit within a yard every time. Basically every time, yeah. Yeah, so it, I mean, it just goes to show how bad our you know run blocking has been, yeah, and Bryant cool. pretty much covered the run blocking. He pretty much said almost everything I was going to say. Um, on the flip side, though, and this is just uh, this is just the way that Green Bay's offensive line has been for years. We're much better pass blocking offensive line. They draft um, athletic tackles and move them on the inside. Um, and so it's just like, I don't know, it's just going to be that way. Um, and also, like we said, it also didn't help that we didn't have Bakhtiari um, with his knee swelling. Also, the fucking turf thing was so stupid. I, I, the, the amount of people that believed that he was just not playing because it was turf was just wild to me. I, I understand the Bakhtiari hate and stuff, but holy crap. Was get it a, really wild? Was it? Get a grip, though. I was like, I know I, I asked like, that to Spofford, I, I I Spofford like last Friday. I didn't know it was going to go that crazy. I just oh asked, hey, do you think it's possible that when, you know, it's turf games, he doesn't feel as good on him or if it's a, a different, you know, each field maybe has its different feel. People went off the rails with it. Yeah, and it's, it's not happy this week with those questions. Andy Herman made a good point about the Packers having three games in 12 days. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys listen to the Pack a Day podcast, but he did a whole like 30 minute episode just whining about David Boxyar. It was so fucking annoying. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that was like Tuesday or Monday. I can't remember. Anyways, it is, it is sad that this is what David Boxyar's year is going to look like. And career, you know, that's career. Yeah, Probably. maybe, but uh, specifically this year, um, I, I'm hoping you know, <laughs> you know, there's, since Green Bay doesn't let a lot of information go, I'm hoping yeah. he can come back and play uh, for the Green Bay opener. So losing Bakhtiari and then Jenkins in the first quarter definitely hurts. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. And not to get like dip into the preview or anything, it'll be interesting because I haven't maybe I just haven't seen it yet. But like, is is Newman gonna start? Or are they gonna let Sean Ryan? Probably gonna be Newman. It'd be like seventy I, I, thirty. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's. I, I want to see what Sean Ryan has. Yeah, I'd be okay <laughs> with it. Tip it for you on Newman though. This is his Go first game since his rookie season that he had more than five pass blocking you know attempts without giving up a pressure. He actually had twelve. That's disgusting. <laughs> that's not. It's not like a great stat, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. 
Yeah. If you, if you <laughs> no, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just like thinking. It, it's not great. Like at first, when you read it, you're like, really? Like, how is he still on the team? But then when you think about it, you're like, hey, it's progress. It's you in know? the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You take it. Um, yeah. yeah but overall, I, again, like you said, Simon, the pass blocking was really, other, other than the one breakdown where he, Jordan Love got swung around because. I don't know if Rashid was Rashid supposed to pick up that guy yeah. or whoever. You know, I don't know what the scheme was on that one, but to just let a free runner. After other than that, I mean, overall the pass blocking was pretty yeah. good. They only with, they only let up four pressures. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty solid game. I think if anything, I don't want to get into the people's defense side of things, but I was more disappointed with our pass rush than any like for our defensive side because in that kind of game that's where yeah we're a young team but our defense isn't that young anymore right the the, so, the pass yeah. rush wasn't bad this week though yes yeah, we'll yeah, save yeah. that for jake jake's got sorry the pass yeah, rush. yeah my bad my bad no no go ahead um, he's too I, busy I, I watching a football game yeah but <laughs> i turned it off but stay in order stay in order uh, yeah uh but other than that yeah like uh pass blocking was uh, pretty solid this week um yeah um jake how did they how did the packers do in the red zone well, the Packers right now, currently after two weeks, are tied for first with the Rams uh, at 83% in the red zone. Uh, so they did good again. Uh, they had a couple big boy drives. So I wrote down those big boy drives. You need like a flashcard uh, that has like the eyes emoji on it. <laughs> um, they had an 11 play, 84 yard drive capped off by a nine yard pass from Love to Reed. So on first and 10, uh, Emmanuel Wilson left for three yards. This is just in the red zone. Second and seven, Patrick Taylor left for one yard. That's uh, Brian's uh, one yard. One for one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Third and six, Jordan Love incomplete the Wicks. Uh, they had a Carlson field goal. Then they had another drive that was four, four plays, 84 yards. That was one of the pass interferences. We got 43 yards on a pass interference. Love to read for eight yards. Tyler, this is the drive that you were alluding to. Mm-hmm. Then Dylan for seven, which – I don't want to like nitpick, but he probably should have house called that. He had a guy one on one in the hole, and he could have just you know scooted a little bit of left. But you know we got seven on that, and then we got a, a first and ten at the twenty. Love hits Reed for ten yards, touchdown. And you know that those out routes were just so wide open. I can't believe they didn't go to it on the last drive. And I don't want to get too much into the coaching because that's yours, Tyler, but. Why the hell was that not the first goddamn play we ran? Atlanta definitely. I mean, they were playing. I, I, I didn't get a chance wrong. to rewatch the game, so I didn't get to pay attention to things that closely. But I'm assuming Atlanta played to that, especially with under a minute. You have uh, two options in this situation. The boundaries. You have two options. This is my opinion, because uh, because you don't have Watson and you don't have Jones, right? So the next two best guys that you have a chance to win a one on one because they're going to come after Love. Because we have no timeouts, and they're going to play man coverage because they're coming after love. Correct? You have two guys that are going to win a one-on-one matchup: Musgrave and Reed. Those are the only two people you throw to. Why the hell are we throwing the smart, smart two Ray? I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. That was, that was such a how I feel. Too. That was such a. It dot. was. It was. But that's just how I feel. Throw. Why are we? Why are we not running Reed deep? We got two PIs for over forty yards on them in this game. I don't want to get, like I said, I don't want to get too much into the coaching, but that's just my opinion on it, thinking about it, you know, because hindsight is twenty twenty. But, yeah. you know, the red zone offense was good. We obviously scored a couple of touchdowns with Reed, and uh, I'm going to save my, my other stuff for, for Jordan Love discussion. But, yeah, they were good in the red zone again. 
So, unfortunately, they weren't quite as good on third down as they were in week one. The Packers were three for nine on third down at 33%. That's below my 40% goal for them to be in the top half. So, I'm going to keep really a close eye on that 40%. Um, just to, That's going to be my benchmark. That's where I want to see the Packers in the top half of the league. So, being a little under that obviously isn't ideal. But if they complete just even one more and even go four for nine, they're above that 40%. Uh, and then they're in there the top half of the league. So uh, 0 for 1 on fourth down. We kind of just touched on that that Toure throw a little bit. For him to anticipate and put the touch on that pass to put that ball exactly where it needed to be, that was a great throw from Jordan Love. So that could have potentially been, you know, a first down to keep the chains moving um, and give, you know, give us a chance at a new set of downs. But that with Patrick Taylor, which ties into Cody's question, who asked what is Patrick Taylor's strengths, he's still a good pass blocker. Yeah. He's a good blocking running back, and he has experience in the system. That's basically what the two things are. I was literally just going to say that he survived in the team so long. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So anything else you guys want to say on the offense, really? No, I'm saving all the good stuff for later. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bryant, what did you notice from special teams? I thought the game was fine other than this, the one very atrocious, like, sequence of events. I, I don't yeah. know how to really explain it. It could have cost us the game, honestly. Um, so the delay of game on that first drive where we're going to kick the 51-year field goal, I don't know why the kicking team wasn't in a rush. They were just out there like they were just in practice trying to get a kick off. Yeah, I have that in my notes of on the on the coaching, so we can talk about so, that again. So, yeah, you would love to see a timeout there. I get it. That yep. If if they're not going to let him kick it from fifty six, then you take the timeout. Yeah. So they turn around, don't let him kick the ball from fifty six yards, which I don't understand. This dude hit a fifty seven yarder would have been good from sixty. Uh, the kick he hit in Chicago dead down the middle would have been good from sixty. Um, the dome. And then we're in a yeah, dome right? exactly. Kick the ball. You can't be scared. Look at the look at the great teams. Kansas City. If you're within 58 yards, they're almost sending out Harrison Bucker at all times. Uh, same. You see that with Justin Tucker. I, I know we're talking about the greatest kicker, some of the greatest kickers that the game has seen, really. But and I don't think Carlson has missed a, a field goal, an actual field goal. I know the extra point, but he hasn't missed field goal in any kind of game action so far in the NFL preseason or um, regular season. So send them out there and kick it. And then on top of that, we punted it into the end zone. So we gained yeah, like that hurts me too. Like 20 yards or 25 yards of field position. So it was just an awful sequence. Other than that, everything was fine. We gave up like one punt return of 15 yards, 16 yards, or whatever it was. Other than that, everything was fine. But yeah, if you want to talk about in coaching, I don't know where we talk up. You know, maybe they need to hustle more, oh, but they and they need to be, you know, aware of the clock, but Matt LaFleur needs to be better in that spot, too. Yeah, Matt, that's what Matt LaFleur said. He said, I need to be paying more attention to to the play clock. And then he said, yeah, the guy's not getting out there and having the urgency on it is ultimately what led to that delay game. Um, I just don't understand the no, non-kick for 56 yards. My, my, the only thing I can maybe fathom out of that is, like, during, like, pregame warm-ups and stuff, he just wasn't hitting. Yeah. And so they were oh, like, yeah. all right, we're not going to, like, you know, risk of, you know, give him great field position. That's the only thing I could maybe think of. And Matt LaFleur said it in his press conference, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that they were just at that point playing the field position game because they were so early in the game. So yeah. 
That makes yeah, sense. That's basically what they were at with that. Um, okay, so switching to the defense, Simon, what did you see from the secondary? I think this might have been like Jair's worst game of his career, which is sort of surprising. It, it's up there. It was uh, not, not good. good. Yeah, five for six, 99 yards and a touchdown. Dropped a pick. I mean, he just – and it's not even like an elite wide receiver either. It was like Drake Lund. <laughs> I mean, he was a top ten. Yeah. Well, yeah, but going into the second year where – I mean, he didn't even have a catch last week. Nope. Uh, yeah, so kind of a rough target. Yeah, he did have one target. You're right. Um, other than that, um, you know, I, I thought Russell and Nixon both had solid outings. Nixon with the interception off of the, I think, Kenny Clark pressure, I believe, in Douglas, the first quarter. Douglas had the interception, buddy. That's what I said. You said Nixon. Nixon. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> good. sorry. I'm tired. I was like, can I not um, hear? <laughs> I was, yeah. All right. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Rasul had the interception. But yes. uh, uh, the drop picks, man, they hurt so bad. Yeah. It's just to watch. And that, that could have, I mean, this is one of those games where there's just so many opportunities to put more points on the board. And, and this, this, this could have, that Jair pick, that was probably going to be a pick six. He had, yep. uh, I think, Algier, right? He, had Algier, Algier. 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 he was all running his chubby ass. Yeah, Come on, I was like, it was just, that was a house call right there. 100%. And Yeah, and then Quay dropping one, too. That sucks. Uh, but, yeah. Hurt I, on Quay's, dude. Huh? Dude, Quay, he was up there, bro. Quay oh, walked yeah, yeah. Jumped, <laughs> If you go back and watch it, he didn't need to jump. <laughs> it's the same like, catch he made the week five. The air. Yeah, well, it would look cooler. Yeah, uh, Quay, Quay's been solid in coverage so far this yeah. year. Um, Cody said we can all agree we need better adjustments on defense, but we can't expect a whole lot when they go and sit. By the time they sit, the offense is already off the field. We can't have those 40 Complimentary all suck this game, especially um, going into the second I mean, half. Like, I can't even see the game. They had, we what, played, three, three and outs in the fourth quarter? Yeah, we played seven really strong quarters of football, and then we just completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We were up, what, 24-12 entering the fourth quarter. Yeah. They scored right yep. before the fourth or whatever it was. I mean, so, yeah, we played a really bad quarter, but overall I'm pretty pleased with where this team's at. And so many things had to go wrong for us to lose by one point, and they did. I agree with that, 100%. Packers football, yeah. So, and it's, it's young Murphy's team. <laughs> yep, so, young, okay. Yeah, young team. Um, so, Jake, what about the running defense, the defense against the rush? Well, hope you guys didn't eat before this because you're about to puke it all up. <laughs> Super it's great, bro. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I wrote down a lot of numbers, and they're all very small, so bear with me. Mm-hmm. 45 attempts for 211 yards. That is a 4.7-yard average. That's gross. So the top three guys that, that got carries in this game, Robinson, Algier, and Ritter. Robinson ran the ball 19 times, 124 yards. That's a six and a half yard average. He had a 19 long, where he basically took all of the ACLs and all of the ankles on our defense in one play. So that was disgusting. Okay. Enigbari got tripped on the offensive line. That one does not go to Bijan. He did snatch Darnell Savage's ankles, though. Yeah. They both looked horrible. I do not care. I'm not here for the bottom line. You they know what? The, the, the crappy part about it, too, now is like, it wasn't even he was rush. He had like a long rush of like sixty yards or anything. It was just like six, seven, eight, 
Nine. Oh, just wait. Four. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, wait. Oh, my bad. My bad. Just wait. Just wait. I'm getting so, excited. Algier had 16 carries for 48 yards. He was getting the tough yards. Ritter, 10 carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown that we all watched. So I broke it up by wide left, mid left, mid right, and wide right. I'm going to keep Robinson for last because you guys are going to be like, what the – right? How do we not just game plan to, like, stop him because he was doing, like, one thing? So Ritter, wide left, four carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Mid left, three carries, nine yards. Mid right, one carry, two yards. Wide right, one carry, four yards. So really, just that quarterback option where Gary just crashed down, that was the only real run that kind of killed us. Hmm. But he did have a couple runs that – he extended some plays and he almost got he got a couple first downs that kind of killed us, right? So then you go to Algier, three carries, eleven yards going wide left, zero carries for zero yards going mid left, three carries for sixteen yards going mid right, and ten carries for twenty one yards going wide right. So really, he just runs to the right. That's not bad either. Then you go to Robinson, wide left, eight carries, forty six yards, mid left, one carry, one yard. Mid right, one carry, five yards. And wide right, nine carries, 72 yards. Sheesh. You put him on the outside, he's disgusting. So I averaged them all out. So if you add them all up going wide left, they had 15 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. And mid left, four carries, 10 yards. We killed that. We did good. good Mid right, five carries, 23 yards. We killed it up the middle. They didn't get anything up the middle on us. Hmm. You go wide right, 20 carries, 97 yards. That's a 4.8 yards per carry. On wide left, they got 5.4 yards per carry. So if they went outside on us, we did not do a good job setting setting the you know the edge. outside. Yeah, setting the edge. Thank you. Couldn't think of the word. Gotcha. They were getting five and a half yards and almost five yards per carry going outside on us. Hmm. Unacceptable. Let me and throw this out there because I, I I'll go ahead and then I'll I want to throw you. I was just wanted to say uh Van Ness leaving early. Because he's great at setting the edge in the run game, that might have hurt us a lot more than people realize. Yeah, uh, Cody brought it up. He said that side, that right side got exposed after Vanessa. Oh. He did come back with a brace on his elbow, so I'm pretty sure he's going to play this week. He'll probably just yeah. wear the brace on his elbow. Um, but let me ask you this: Now I know we're going to get into a play at some point. This is probably going to be the thing we we end with because it happened on third down. So we'll save that for later. But just in general, what do you think about taking either a linebacker or a defensive back off the field, not not in general, but at times, and going with a four-man front instead of two and three? Who's Especially a against a team front? you know that's going to run the ball a shit ton like Atlanta. If we're running a four-man front, one of the four has to be Preston Smith, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, if, if everybody's on would you put Would you put, say, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and either Lucas Van Ness or Enigbari on the field at the same time? I would do Preston Smith and Van Ness at the same time. Both those guys can set the edge and be DN. I'm saying three of three of the four of Smith, Gary, Van Ness, and Enigbari. I think Enigbari has to be the one left out in that. Yeah, I agree. I, and I like that. I like that combination of Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Lucas Van Ness. That sounds great. Um, Cody said you need a four man if the QB is mobile too. And I'm not saying the Packers need to go back to a four three, right. but in just in certain situations and against certain teams, just calling more four man front plays. Just far too many missed tackles. Like you're talking about the right yeah. side to, to Jake. 
it, with everything I go wrong, this is just another one of those plays. If it's made, I win. And that's when Savage came shooting up the line on that fourth down run that they did, and he missed that tackle, right? If he smacks Bijan there at that speed that he was at, Bijan's great, but he's probably going down or getting stopped enough to where someone else stops him. And that's just another one of those. Yeah, I know Bijan kind of helped him make him miss, but we just got to make one of those plays eventually in that game. And we just seemed like we could not make a play when it mattered yeah. most. Needed a hero and didn't have one. And that's that's not to say that nobody's capable of it. It just didn't come together in this game. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. This was a complete team loss. Like, the Packers lost as a team on Sunday. Um, and I'm going to get into that when I talk about trying to find one specific person to blame. But, um, Simon, it's kind of been alluded to already a little bit, but how how was the tackling on Sunday? <clears throat> <laughs> He's oh, that boy. meme of Sully when it when it goes mm, and the eyes are all red. <laughs> it was uh not great, fellas. Uh PFF had him miss eight tackles. And it seemed like mm. right when we need that's yeah, it, it just depends on where you look and what I don't trust the FSM. They missed yeah. like twenty tackles. <laughs> match night match night been counted twenty-one. That, that's what I'm saying. It, depending on where you look and um, and what constitutes as a missed tackle. So, I mean, per your eyes, you could see that the tackling was not up to par, regardless of what site you're looking at or who said what. Um, yeah, it just wasn't up to up to par. And it's honestly looking like a rough season <laughs> if, if they don't improve. Because I think I looked the week before and um, – they had 11 missed tackles versus the Bears. Huh. I counted 13 I, when I counted them last week. I had nine in the first half and four in the second mm-hmm. half. So I was actually encouraged by the second half of that game. And I'm like, all right, so if we can get that second half, then I think we'll be good. But we got the whole game and then almost doubled it. Right. And, yeah, it's just – it seems like – Every year, <laughs> it's um, the same thing. So, how does that tie in with the with the D line, Simon? Um, uh, D line was, I mean, they really struggled on run defense, and I don't want to get to the. I, I didn't count the outside linebackers, but in run defense, the the outside linebackers did a horrible job of setting the edge. Um. And they just like, like you said, running to the right was just too easy for them. Um, yeah, they really struggled in run defense. Um, outside of Kenny, uh, I think basically the whole D line struggled. Um, Kenny kind of struggled a little bit in run defense too, but he made up for it with his pass rush. Um, he had five combined tackles, six pressures, one sack, one hit, and four hurries. Um, Slayton was okay, but again, that was mostly in his pass rush ability. Uh, he had three pressures, one hit, and two hurries. And then Wyatt, Wooden, and Brooks were just getting thrown around. And, and Wyatt had, like, I think, like two plays where he was in the backfield, but that yeah. was about it. Just a couple yeah, of a rough game. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember seeing much of him basically at all. He had one when he forced a throwaway that he got into the backfield. I don't know if it counted as a pressure or not, but he did force one throwaway. And I think uh, there was like a goal on play with Brooks where he just like took on a double team and shoved him backwards. 
I don't know if you guys saw that play. He had a um, he had a tackle for loss or a quarterback hit one of those two. So, something like that. But uh, overall, pretty pretty ineffective, I would say, outside of Kenny. Shocker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get Kenny help, please. <laughs> um, so, Jake, what about the the pass rush as a whole? Uh, so I think the pass rush is going to be better than the run defense, which like isn't like shocking news. And I'm not trying to say that it's breaking news, but if the Packers don't set the edge, if you don't set the edge in, in, in the run game, you're going to get killed, right? Um, and the Packers obviously didn't do it this week and they got killed. But I do think the pass rush, you know, Simon was giving us a bunch of numbers from the D line. Uh, we only had one sack, but we had six QB hits total. I didn't write down many other numbers because. In all capital letters, I wrote, we didn't get to see the full potential of this pass rush in this game because we couldn't stop the fucking run. I was disgusted running, writing down those running numbers. I was like, really, bro? <laughs> like, we, we we really couldn't see the potential because you saw them against Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. They were so good, and they took over that game because we forced them to be a drop-back team. If we do that against the Saints, Derek Carr is going to die. Yeah. Yeah, I have some good. Flip, I have some good flip numbers. Those words, and then flip the side of the ball, and you can say the same thing about the Packers. We didn't get to see the full potential of the Packers passing game because they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, when, when you're talking about the passing game, real quick, I just wanted to say, and I kind of talked to you about this. A lot of people are kind of harping on, "Oh, Jordan Love only threw for 150 yards." Order. There was two big pass interference. If Devon uh, Dontavian Wicks doesn't get tackled, he catches that ball, and then Romeo Dubs. He, uh, Dobbs, he's really good at coming back, and he has strong hands. He probably makes that play if you go back, or at least has a, a good one-on-one shot. One-on-one, too. Yeah, you could talk about – that's like 90 yards right there. So. You could toss in the the no pass interference to the ball that he threw to Wicks in the corner of the end zone, too. Don Damian Wicks could have had two touchdowns. Jordan Love could have finished this game with, like, basically yeah. 260, 265 passing yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, so this is one of those games you kind of got to throw out the total yardage because – the Falcons did have 110 yards or whatever it was in penalties, and two of them were huge pass interference plays. That yeah. that first throw by Love was a gorgeous throw. Oh, that mm-hmm. was going to be a touchdown if he didn't tackle yeah. him. Yeah, if he didn't tackle him, yeah. So, fuck, Wicks could have had three touchdowns. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine if we're talking about a five-touchdown game with Jordan Love? Three of them to Wicks. I have some good signing sets here. So. Oh, oh. Let's just, I mean, let's just say, like, the vibes are there for Jordan Love. Like, I don't. We'll, we'll talk about Jordan Love when we transition. But you know, we're averaging um, thirty-one yards a, po- a game, or thirty-one points per game the first two games. So. Yeah, that's and fine. they were both away games too. Yeah. Yep. I still have one more thing to say, but I'm going to hold on to it until I get to my last point. Um, Brian, what about the red zone defense? For me, this is well one bright spot, like one mm-hmm. of the few bright spots from the from the game. And so far, um, so the red zone, we were two. Uh, Falcons only were two for five on the red zone. That can, includes us stopping them when for a bogus, bogus pass interference. Yeah, that was trash. Um, yeah, put them at the one yard line. We stopped them. So the, the Falcons were only two for two and two for five from the red zone. Um, Not bad. So that's pretty good. So for for our red zone defense, we're currently at allowing only forty two percent touchdown on the red zone. Um, for reference, yeah. that's ninth in the league right now. But forty two percent would have been number one overall last year. So uh, where know, were the Packers last year? Do you know? They were, I know it was bad. I'm willing to bet they're going to bottom They were 50, 56, 55% or something like that. A lot of the team, uh, league hovered, hovered around 
the best team. I think last year was like 44%. Uh, so there's there some people like the Cowboys right now is 0%. They haven't given up a touchdown in the red zone. Well, hold they on. I can, I can look up last year real quick. The quarterbacks they played? Yeah. So you got to look at the quarterback. And that and that's, you can make that argument versus us as well. We played Desmond Ritter, but they had a crazy good running game. And when we played Justin Fields, who, you know, threw his whole team. Oh, no. We were pretty solid last year, actually. 11th. Okay. 11th. Okay. Oh, maybe I was thinking of, you know, what I was looking at it was efficiency earlier, how often we scored in the red zone. Because I looked at that. Oh, oh yeah. We were trash that, last year. That 83% number <laughs> that Jake gave something. earlier. But, yeah. but either way, that number, that 42%, would be number one in the league last year. It's ninth right now because defenses are ahead of offenses. You know, we're only two. Small games. sample size. So, but yeah. that's that's a good start. And um, good. it should um it could probably continue this week because the Saints right now are like the third worst in the league with only 37.5% in the red zone so far this year. So, um, not good. <laughs> so, um, I, hopefully we continue this this trend for the first three games. Um, but it's, that was really – and I think we have two – I think we have two drives now that the opponents started out like the one-yard line and we stopped them because I think that one happened with the Bears as well, if I'm not mistaken. So or it was very close after a penalty or something like that. Um, so. I think that the one that they had to DJ Moore got him to like the six. Okay. So either way, like, you know, starting within the five, six-yard line, I can't remember. I thought it was from the one for some reason because uh, I thought we had a penalty and we did the same thing to them. But either way, very efficient so far. It's looked a lot better. So yeah. New Orleans is 29th in the league currently. Yeah. Yep, third worst mm. league. So, for, that's their offense as far as scoring. Their 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 red zone defense is better than us right now. Oh but, yeah, their red zone defense is. Yeah. I'm gonna throw some. But they also played Carolina defense. and Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, let me throw something out there. The secret weapon for the red zone defense is Rasul Douglas. Is the freaking tight end like lockdown? Yeah, player. dude. He's a freaking yeah. monster in the red zone against tight ends for some reason. I don't know what's going on with that, but and the two tight ends we've played so far. Will be better than whatever tight end the Saints put on the field. So Taysom Hill, yeah, Taysom Hill there. Or, Taysom Hill's like a or Jawan Johnson. He's he's a he's a quarter end is what I call him. Yeah, so. Jawan Johnson's their other. Yeah, yeah. and Johnson's not bad. No, he's, he's not bad. But he's not Kyle Pitts by any stretch of the imagination, or even Cole Komet. Kyle Pitts should be so good, dude. They don't use him correctly at all, which is yeah. good for us, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but overall, very encouraged by our red zone defense. Yeah, that's good. Jake, what about third down defense? Uh, Well, I mean, ups and downs. I mean, we got pretty lucky in that red zone stop, I think, because they threw it twice on the one-yard line, which was really fucking stupid in my opinion. When you have B. John Robinson and Algier, two good running backs. Um, They threw it twice, um, and then they ran it once with Ritter, and then on the fourth and goal, they had a false start. So we got pretty lucky on that first red zone stop, I think. But they went 6-15 of 15 overall on third down and 3-4 of four on fourth down. They had seven third downs that were third and three or less. Seven of their 15, bro. Say it again. That is fucking ridiculous. That cannot happen. Say that, that again. Is- Seriously, repeat that. They're six of fifteen on third down. They had seven third downs at third and three or less. That is that, that is tells me they're problem. dominating. They are dominating That's us on the problem. early downs. It's not stopping their own. Yeah, and people want to. Okay, this. Oh my god, I want to go on a rant so fucking bad. You opening the can of worms? 
I I'm want. Ready when you're ready. I want. I want to right. All right, I'm doing it. I'm I do. I ready. like worms, man. You can't even How see the worms. hell? Like snow up there. How <laughs> the hell do you sit on your couch and you say all this stuff about Joe Barry? Why are they calling this? Why are they calling this? And then when you get met with that same energy, you don't have answers for anything, right? But, you know, we're thinking about all these schematics that happen. And these guys get to study for an entire week. And this is what they live. This is what they get paid for, right? So when I get the response when I ask somebody, what are they going to run to stop this play? I don't get paid to do that. But look at you on your couch getting unpaid to try to take somebody away from getting paid that gets paid to do that. And then telling me that I don't know football. Sense. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't on sense. Twitter all fucking day. So, yeah, they need to stop the run. Yeah, they also need to worry about Kyle Pitts. They also need to worry about Drake London, which Tyler and I said about 15 goddamn times. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I'm getting frustrated. Let it they were both top 10 picks. Both yeah, of those top individuals were top 10 picks. Houston Robinson was a top 10 pick. Yep. They have three top 10 picks on offense. They're going to be yep. good on offense. Arthur Smith is an offensive guy. All yep. of those things equal they're going to be good on offense. And I'm not going to lie. Arthur Smith called a very good game. He did. That was a that good was, battle. That fourth down to Bijan was ballsy in the fourth. Well, it looked like if you watch his hands, his head, he didn't realize that. I think he wasn't sure Ritters was about to snap that thing. Yeah, I can, I that's a that's a play that Savage missed that tackle on. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I want to get into this Robinson play. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. Right. We're going to go round table because Cody's bringing it up. I had a really long discussion with a guy <laughs> that literally had no goddamn response. I blocked two people on Twitter today because of this conversation. With this one so listen funny. to me. Listen to me. Who the hell else was he going to guard? He's not guarding Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry. He's just not. He's smaller and slower than him. I understand that he's literally just slower than B. John Robinson. But, again, he was a top ten pick because he was a guy that could run and catch the ball. He was a dual threat guy. One of the best dual threat guys that we've probably seen in the last 15 years coming out of college. The guy was incredible in space. And you We've saw the highlights 10, of him. Making, thousand times that he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, you, you saw the highlights of him making one-handed catches and all this stuff, right? So the guy suggested, well, why don't we put another DB out there? Were you watching the game, dude? Did you see how many times he lined up outside and they audible to a separate play? And they put him in the backfield next to Ritter? Like, did you not see those plays? Were you dipping in your guacamole at those moments for some goddamn reason? <laughs> I don't understand what people are seeing. Um, We're getting killed in the run. You yeah. want to put a 180-pounder on the field to stop the run. Yes. Yeah, you're a freaking genius. So the next two responses that I got when I posed that question were, Devondre Campbell shouldn't have been guarding him in the first place. Okay. Who are you putting out yeah. there then? Couldn't, get, a, couldn't get an answer on that. See, the only answer I that know. I got – was that somebody said, well, why don't they have the safety help to that side? Yes, and let's leave Jair and I don't remember who was on the other side guarding Drake London, another wide receiver, by themselves with no safety help. Yes. So the like only a great recipe to give up a fucking touchdown. So I obviously I was upset about this play too, and we, we talked about it after the game. The only thing that I would could say could be a coaching point is we were talking about they're probably going to run a pick play there. Then you know what? You push – you get up to the line of scrimmage – if they pick you, you hope that they throw the flag because you're not winning in that situation either way. Either, but to me, it was just like being eight yards off, 
was, okay, let's just give it to them because they out-schemed us. I would rather them get up and press, and if I can't remember what wide receivers over there are going to run the natural rub, then you coach Devondre Campbell, run through that wide receiver, and hope that refs see all that contact and they throw a flag. To me, that is a hope. But I know you're hoping and you're kind of – but it's better than just stepping back and say, okay, you out-schemed us. I'm going to be honest with you. I think you have a better chance of Ritter throwing a bad pass and an incompletion than you have of a ref throwing your flag. Uh, way, I'd rather the, 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 pre- the pressure be up there and for it to happen. Because if you have more traffic there, that's my only thought on it. There, So there's that option. Or you go, okay, this is a huge third down. They out-schemed us on this one. Let's call a timeout. I know you want to save those for the next drive, but we are still leading at that point. So if you call the timeout and you put us, you know, change up whatever you have on the field and make them maybe try to do something different, that's the conversations we can have. But I'm actually on board with the timeout. I'm on board with the timeout. I'm not on board with you. Like they're not throwing a flag there. I'm sorry. It's but the NFL. They, they don't want throw a flag, stars. You can hold that traffic. Even if they don't Atlanta's throw a huge market, dude. And Robinson was a top ten pick. Even if they don't throw a flag, you can hope that there's some kind of you know more traffic yeah. collision that causes some yeah. kind of. I'm not. I'm not putting my hope in the refs that they're gonna throw they're a flag. They're not throwing a flag at all. One hundred. My thing is, is if you have Devontae Campbell go up towards Bijan Robinson, he's checking the route and he's running to the outside past Devontae Campbell. And if he gets that sideline, he's scoring a touchdown. I'd rather have it be a – and you, I know you said he's a great wide receiver, but I'd rather have it to be an over-the-shoulder catch than a – I'm it just literally – It has to be over-the-shoulder. Darnell Savage was the only safety. He was in the middle of the field. If I got Dijon it. If beats Devontae Campbell to I the sideline, he's scoring a what touchdown. What we did was we said stand up, throw the ball first down, keep going on the drive. That that cannot be the answer. So That's, I understand that people that are upset – but they can't necessarily blame Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur needs to see that call timeout there. Something needs to be different. The timeout is the only other alternative. Other than that, they didn't really have any other choices. Quay Walker was on the other side of the field. You don't have the opportunity to bring in another DB on that. And if you do, they're going to check him back into the backfield and they're going to run the ball at us. The only thing, and I do agree with you on the timeout, that's probably the best thing they could have done in that scenario. But short of calling timeout, the best thing they could have done in that scenario was bend, not break. That's a that's a spot tough spot to bend because it's you're a no win scenario. You kind of you kind of touched yeah. and tiptoed around saying that they there was no win in the scenario. first down at that point, right? Because that's just a great play call by Atlanta. Yeah, There's so no if way to stop team, then you you call the timeout, or like I said, I feel like you get up there and you at least make some traffic or something. But you know, and I get your point on the outside route. I do, but I feel like basically they conceded is what I felt like on that play. They, they, they kind of did, and they, like I said, they didn't really have a lot of other options outside of calling that timeout. Otherwise, like I said, you're looking at a situation where you where you kind of just have to bend, not break. And my thing is, is that people keep bringing this play up, but the problem is, before you even get to this play, is Jake's statistic about third and short situations. That's what put them in this position to have a mismatch exploited against them. The Packers did the exact same thing in week one to the Bears when they got into a fourth and three, a fourth and short, and they got Tremaine Edmonds lined up against, no, it was TJ Edwards, TJ Edwards lined up against Aaron Jones, and they ran it out and in, and Aaron Jones scored a long touchdown. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me go to Bryant now, okay? Bryant, you said call timeout. Let me tell you something about that third down. The Packers came out in that look. The Bears called timeout. We had A.J. Dillon in the game before that timeout. The Packers, remember, they called timeout. The ball was hiked. LaFleur saw that they called timeout, how they were going to guard that. They put Aaron Jones in the game. They ran the same play. It was a house call. That's the thing. People got to people got to recognize that the offense has a say in what happens. 
but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, I just it's, feel like it's a no-win situation. Really yeah, is. but I so I feel like we could have done something different there. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but for me, it was just like I'm like literally, I could any one of us sitting here could probably make that throw and make a first down to that guy right there. That's eight. He's eight yards off. I'm not. I'm not even being dramatic. That's a twenty-yard throw. All of us can make that. Like, I feel like we need. We, we've. I feel like we've exhausted all of the the possible scenarios for it and really there's not many ways where the Packers come out of that in yeah, a good spot because of the third and short situations. That yeah. puts that puts Atlanta at a major opportunity to exploit whatever mismatch they can get. Yep. Um so what I'll say is now we spent this whole time talking about this. My thing and I've been saying this to people all week is that blaming Joe Barry for a one point loss on the road by a young team is lazy. Now I'm going to read the email that I got from Mike Spofford when I asked him this question, cause I was sick of people going at me on Twitter for him being like, Oh, he's got a guy's playing eight yards off. Jair Alexander's playing eight yards off on the fourth and four that he dropped the pick. No complaints there. Only complaint was that he dropped the pick. Not that he was playing eight yards off. So you're only doing it when it fits your narrative. And the fact that people spent all day bitching about this one play out of 78, which accounts for less than 2% of the entire offensive plays, but people got hung up on this one fucking play. So I asked Mike Spofford, unprompted, all I said to him was, hey, Mike, just curious your thoughts on people recycling the old fire Joe Barry narrative. His answer, unprompted, first paragraph, it's to be expected, but anyone who thinks that's the problem on defense that'll fix everything is kidding themselves. It's the lazy critique. Oh, my fucking God, I was so excited when I read that. I'm like... Thank you. I'm like, this felt like a perfect mic drop scenario for Mike Spofford to say exactly what I've been saying all week. And by me saying that Joe Barry was not the problem for this game does not mean that I'm saying Joe Barry's the best defensive coordinator in the league or he's a top 10 defensive coordinator. I'm simply saying he was not in the top five reasons why the Packers lost this game. And the one third and short play where Devondre Campbell was lined up on a running back is not the reason to say that that was the case. So Mike, Mike sent me a long email, so you can look at Simon's cat while I read it. If you're looking for something to look at. Um, So save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app, get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three 49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, body armor, super drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply. See site for details. Mike said, my biggest issue with Joe Barry era on defense is you never know what you're going to get week to week. You can get a performance like the one in Tampa Bay last season or the one in Philly. Two different levels of opponent, yes, but the levels of defensive play run the gamut here. Even even within a game, there's Jekyll and Hyde like the back-to-back weeks in London and versus the Jets last season. First half, pretty darn good. Second half, abysmal. Both games were like that. Miami and Buffalo were the reverse. Mm. Uh, Tennessee schemed up to shut down Henry and succeeded, but Tannehill gashed them for big plays because guys were freelancing in the secondary. Savage was benched after that game, rightly so. Why do players do that? Whose fault is it? Whatever the case or example, there's something missing in terms of establishing a somewhat reliable level of performance, both from individuals and the collective. 
I guess what I'm saying is in an outing like last week in Atlanta, it doesn't surprise me because we never know what we get with this group. To be honest, I thought they got lucky twice holding the Falcons to field goal to keep the score down. With first and goal on the one, the Falcons got cute with their play calls. Two pass plays, are you kidding me? Jake called that. And then false started when they wanted to go for it on fourth down. Good job, Jake. Blew it. The later touchdown catch was overturned by replay, but I actually thought the replay review gave the defense a much-needed timeout breather, which is what Cody said about the defense getting right back on the field. And it came back after that to get a sack and force the field goal. Some good fortune there in my view. But it also has to be noted that coaches can't catch interceptions thrown right to you, and they can't make tackles. Things we said. I did not prompt him on any of these things. Mike said these things himself. Mike literally works for the Packers. He is literally the Packers.com editor. If you are questioning anybody's credibility, you can question his. He works for the team, so I'm going to take his word. And if he's saying the same things we are, then I'm going to take our word. Sorry. We may not have hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter, but I think we know what we're talking about because we've been doing this for years now. Everybody but Brian because he sucks. He's the worst, dude. I don't I like you the most. Like, my ability is better than you know, or I know more about football than you, but it pissed me off in this situation. So, for Mike to validate everything that we're saying, I appreciate it. But, and how many, and I know this isn't the young team narrative, but how many times did we say that with this being a young team? And, and, and sure, you can make the argument that this defense should be a more veteran defense, but we, the fact of matters, we're very young along the front. Quay Walker is still a young player. Uh, we have all, you know, what I mean. So we said this coming in, we're going to be win some, lose some games that we felt like we should win. We need, mm-hmm. you know, um, sure. You know, we were all inspired after the first week, but even after the first week, I think if you ask all of us, Hey, are we, do you think we're Super Bowl favorites? No, I feel, I feel like oh. if we can show that we know how to win and we're working towards that with how young this team is going into the next years, that's the goal for this year. I think so we're we lost a one point game on the road. We've played seven out of eight really good games of football. I think we were leading, uh, you know, um, I would have to go back and see if we had scored 10 points or whatever by the end of the first, but I think we've led six out of eight quarters or whatever it is so far on the year. Um, like just take a, take a step back and take a breather. Joe Barry, like you said, is not, if jaw, if jaw and Quay catches a quarter uh, those interceptions and, you know, Bakhtiari Jones and Christian Watson play, that equals one point. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's, it, it I'll, I'll easily call that 13, yeah. maybe 14 yeah. points. Dude, yeah. So, real. like, Jaws, Jaws house calling it. And well, Quay, we were on our side of the field. That's at least a field goal. Yeah. That's at least 10 points right there. And then you add Aaron Jones and Christian Watson to the offense. This, this yeah. seemed more like a game of what could go wrong, what did go wrong in the fourth quarter. And we just couldn't make that, that play. So, yeah. it is what it is. It happens, right? So, Mm-hmm. Still more to this email. Mike, Mike's a real one for this. So after this, he said, players can't make tackles. All they can do is put their best, do their best to put players in the positions to succeed. Alexander and Walker were right in position to make the kind of plays that change games, and they didn't make them. So was Gary on fourth and four from the six. Blew it. Make yep. any one of those three plays, and we're having a different conversation. Missing those opportunities is what gets you beat in a thin margin league. Same for AJ Terrell in the fourth quarter, but the rest of his team made that one go away in the final analysis. Uh, he said, as an aside, why is Malik Heath being targeted on a third down on a three-step drop when covered by Terrell? Yikes, but I digress. He said, to answer your question, fans are always going to want coaching changes when certain things go wrong, but it's never that simple. 
Coaches carry a certain level of responsibility, but not all of it. It's called professional football, which means the players are professional too. I know it's a cliche to say there's plenty of blame to go around, but just because something is a cliche doesn't mean it's not true. I said more than you bargained for, I'm sure, but the short answer to your question is the Packers have to play better and they have to coach better. One is not going to fix the other all by its lonesome. So can I add two things real quick here? Is one of them going to be that Mike Spofford's a really fucking smart guy? He's awesome because he says things that I say. So, uh, first of all, I want to say there was a tweet that Tyler pointed out to everybody by Ryan Woods, I believe it was, right? Ryan Wood. Ryan Wood. Um, about all the players kind of getting together and talking about things that happen. Okay. Um, also, I love player led teams. So, hearing stuff like that makes me feel good. And secondly, the one thing I think that I'm disappointed about from this game. I know that we're beating up on everybody a little bit. Is I want Lafleur to take the damn training wheels off, dude. Like this is it's like week two. I know, I know. If we're I having this conversation that, on week six. I'll level with you, but I'm not trying to like go crazy or anything like that. But dude, we want to see Jordan Love unhinged. Okay, yeah. I don't want to see Jordan Love get brought along like he's a legit rookie because he's not. Okay, I know it's his rookie season, like starting, I guess. But he's been in the league for a couple of years now. No more training wheels. Don't call none of that safe bullshit. Let's go out there and sling that son of a bitch, dude. Come on. Let me throw out, too, that he doesn't have two of his biggest weapons in the passing game. Not that I'm I using know, it as an right. excuse, but I'm just I'm just trying to it offer limits, It limits the potential of the offense. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I think it limits the playbook a little bit, too, especially when you're yeah. talking about deep balls. Um, Paul, Paul agrees he'd like to see LaFleur be a little more aggressive. But the last thing. I think that's nobody, nobody has brought this up. Nobody in the Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry discussion. Nobody on our panel. Mike didn't bring this up. Who is the Falcons defensive coordinator? Is it Dennis Allen? Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of, uh, sorry, the Saints. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't really Jerry Gray. Mm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Last year's Packers defensive backs coach. You think he might know a little bit about what the Packers do defensively? No. That's a good point. Nobody brought that up this entire week. I saved it for today. Yeah, I didn't think that was a that. good one, dude. That yeah. that, that one was good. <laughs> that was good. Pat yourself on the back for that one. That one's as good as your Brewers prediction for this year with all the rookies. Yeah. I, Wait, mean, I missed it. What was the Brewers prediction? I said the Brewers were going to go full youth movement and call up all their rookies. Oh, Bro, oh, you yeah. literally called what was going to happen this year, yeah. which was literally the most amazing thing I've ever seen with a baseball <laughs> prediction. Oh, yeah. All right. So on the coaching, Bryant touched on the on the letting the play clock run out on what would have been a 52-51 yard field goal, turning it into a punt. Early in the game, Matt LaFleur said he made the decision that they were going to try for field position. Um, overall, I think Daniel Whelan has been pretty good as a punter, but that one in that situation did him going into the end zone, which hurt. Um, no one sportsmanlike conduct penalties. They had the one 15-yard face mask, but other than that, no one sportsmanlike conduct penalties. No pushing after the plays, um, no pulling people off the pile. So that was a good thing as far as coaching goes. Um, getting a lot out of Dontavian Wicks. None of us had projected that Dontavian Wicks was going to be leading among the Packers leaders at wide receiver snaps. So for him to be playing and playing pretty well, 
I I gotta say it's either Dontavian Wicks was an absolute steal, or the coaches are doing a good job with him. Take a little. Now, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I do think there is a, a scenario where the Packers are still a play to their competition team. Um, and the Falcons, I think, are kind of in the same tier as the Packers are. And when you yeah. factor in that this game was a one-point game and the Packers playing three very good quarters and one bad quarter, these are all hallmarks of a young team. And I'm going to beat this dead horse probably another thousand times during the season, but the Packers are a young team. Now, the last thing I want to throw out with coaching is, and I'm surprised, I'm a little surprised that Brian didn't bring this up with the special teams, but Keyshawn Nixon, my guy, if it's in the back half of the end zone, take a knee. No. If it's in the front half of the end zone, bring it up. I don't. I, I like him taking it. I'm fine. Not, with not from the hundred and nine. Like jumping the hundred nine. I'm all for it. Can do it. Full send. I, I think uh, I talked more about it week one because he was like, when you're jumping to catch the ball at the end zone, yeah. take it out. Yeah, from the from the one hundred nine yard line, yep, take and it. And then the one that he doesn't take out, I think is the one right before half. I was at this game where he just lets it hit the end zone, and then we go and take a knee. I'm like, dude, that's the one you take out. Yeah, that's the one you take out. And dude, then- that was the one where he screamed the f word. Yeah, and he probably got instructed, do not touch the ball. For us to kneel, though, maybe it was maybe he was mad. Probably don't risk getting hit. I have a feeling like they kicked it away. Or from him. That's why he was frustrated. So yeah, but no, I I think that's something that at least. At least if you do it once and the and the coverage is good, like maybe say, hey, on the next one, like a two-yard cushion, if it's that far back, just take a knee. If it's still in the front, say front seven yards of the end zone, then sure. But if you're having to do the Auburn, Arizona, where he catches the, the missed field goal and you're catching it on the 109-yard line, like I get that Keyshawn Nixon is great in the return game, but – it's, it puts us behind a little bit, you know. We're talking six, seven yards when he doesn't get it out to the twenty-yard line. You know, he's going to take it out eight yards deep now this week and take it to the house. <laughs> and, and that's fine. If he does it, I will. I will be like, all right. His leash is longer. So, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to see him not get to the twenty-yard line even twice in this game was was a little bit of a a disappointment. I'll say. Um, other than that, didn't have really a lot of problems with the coaching. Like we talked about, we talked about Joe Barry, so we'll leave that at that. Um, so time of possession is the last thing actually. And consistency is another thing I want to bring up, but time of possession, Atlanta has the ball for over 36 minutes. The Packers had the ball for less than 24. This goes back to not being able to run the ball. That's where a lot of the time of possession things come in. Now, plays. Atlanta ran 78 plays. That's insane amount of plays. plays. That's a lot lot of of time for your defense to be on the field. The Packers ran 47 plays. Um, Paul brought up a good point. We never saw the ball in the fourth, and I'm going to touch on that. I felt like the Falcons Um, ran 47 plays in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I have written down is people made a big deal about the Falcons scoring 13 points in the fourth quarter. They got into the red zone in their second play of the quarter. They yep. scored their first touchdown with 11 minutes and 54 seconds on the clock. So they scored pretty early in the fourth. But 
Um, so if this is where I will say that the run game kind of cost the Packers is in the, the time of possession. It shows in the first downs. Atlanta had 27. Packers had 17. Thanks. Both teams had 10 passing first downs. So then you're looking at running first downs. Atlanta, 17. Green Bay, 7. Oh, that hurts. That That's hurts. so <laughs> I will say there is a slight redeeming quality on this. When you look at the number of plays and you look at the percentages, it does break down a little bit better for the Packers. Atlanta got first downs on 34.6% of their plays. The Packers got first downs on 36.2% of their plays. So a little bit of redeeming quality there. Both teams had the same number of drives. Atlanta had about 150 more yards when you factor in the penalties to score one more point. Give me efficiency over yards Every single time. I don't give a shit about yards if my team scores more points. True. I do not give a shit about yards if my team scores more points. You can have all the yards you want if your drives keep ending in field goals and ours keep ending in touchdowns. I will take a 28-12 to victory if both teams score on the same number of drives and you get all your yards and you kick a bunch of field goals. I do not care about yards. Yes, I understand the importance that they play in getting to those scoring opportunities, but if all your yards are only leading to field goals or drives that end in turnovers on downs because you stall in no man's land, I don't care about yards. So Paul said he thought the offense was three and out multiple times in the second half. Can't blame the whole loss on the D. They got right into the ground. They spent a lot of time on the field. So as far as consistency goes, I don't really have any major changes that I'd suggest at this point, mainly because the sample size is only two games. Um, Looking at where guys are on the field, I don't have a ton of problems with it. Looking at it, everybody's like, oh, the Packers are playing 10 yards off. This has been for all the Joe Barry. I watched the game three times this week. I watched the game on Sunday. I rewatched it Monday morning, and I watched it again this morning. I paused before every single play. Jair... Played outside leverage about seven yards off the line to guard Drake London on the sideline. Rasul Douglas played almost every every play about four yards on the off off the line of scrimmage. And Keyjon Nixon in the slot corner played about two yards off the line on just about every play. So honestly, the the ten yards off quote unquote narrative honestly it, it kind of just needs to go away because it's just simply not true. Uh, I paused before every single play that the Falcons ran. The Packers were within eight or fewer yards, and Jair was the only one who was outside of five yards because he was playing outside leverage to guard Drake London. So honestly, I don't have really a problem with where guys were lining up. And it kind of goes to what Barry said, or Paul said about Barry having guys in place that just didn't perform. And it, it it's a shared effort. And this is why I said I do think they – they lost as a team, but the tackling needs to be more consistent. That's where the consistency comes in. 13 missed tackles last week, 21 this week. Um, the second week, or sorry, the second half of week one is really the only good tackling half I've seen. So one quarter out of four that we've had good tackling. Um, or sorry, one half out of four, four halves um, that I've seen good tackling. So that's really where I need to see the consistency. So let's just leave it at that. Um so, all right, you guys ready to to 
leave the Falcons in the past? Yes. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Jordan Love. So what are you guys looking at from Jordan Love going from week two to week three as we transition this year? Simon, start us off. I didn't, like, take any formal notes or anything, so I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but... Did I let you do that in the military? Yeah, uh, only when we're uh, expending rounds. Um, I think. Are you in the new expendables? Yes, I'm getting there (laughs) in age. Um, I I think I just like to see a a little more, I guess, fluidity in the offense. And I I understand the struggles in the run game kind of cap that a little bit, but it seems like we either go three and out or we put together a really long drive. At least that's the way it seems like the first two weeks. Um, and from my understanding, that's kind of the way it looked in like training camp and stuff too. I mean, we've kicked um, two field goals in two weeks. So yeah. I don't think you're wrong. So um, yeah, just maybe moving the ball and, and like you, like we all kind of just said, like playing that complimentary football, giving like sustaining some drives, to get the defense off the field. Um, so they're not going out there tired as hell and playing 70 whatever plays it was. Um, that's just kind of, and I, you know, Jordan Love can kind of do that too. And he, yeah, his fourth quarter was uh, abysmal. So I'm looking for that, I guess. Um, Brian, what about you? Yeah, I mean, overall, he's played well. We kind of talked, we touched on it. Uh, some of the field position are the length of drives does come down to. You know, we got two huge penalties, 40, 50 yard penalties that that helps us move the ball up the field, but ultimately it lessens the amount of plays you you have, right? Which in turn puts the defense on the play, uh, the field more. I do, the one thing I want to see is his, you know, and it's not all on him, but a little bit on him, his completion percentages go, go up a little bit. There's a couple of open throws you'd like to see him make, uh, but there's also those rookie errors where kind of like, I think, you know, you touched on earlier, Tyler, about the Musgraves sitting down in the zone. So they're still developing there. So just continue to do that. Um, I've been extremely impressed with, you know, knock on wood, but the way they've been protecting the ball. uh, I think our only turnover on the year was a turnover on downs. Something like that. So I don't have a turnover yet. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The only fumble that happened. Uh, Jordan Love just dribbled it and turned it into a 50-yard pass play. Yeah, <laughs> the, the way we've been protecting the ball is outstanding. So I, I really like that. Um, I don't know that we have really have training wheels on because we did take some deep shots. I'm just really excited to see what happens with Watson with the speed out there. Hopefully he plays. If we can get Aaron Jones and Watson back this game, that's huge. So um, even it doesn't have to be deep shots. We've seen Christian Watson take a five, eight-yard completion and house it. So um yeah, that those end arounds too. Yeah, that's just going to open so much for Luke and for Jaden and Dobbs in the slot and different positions. So I, I'm pretty excited. I really, really hope that it'd be so huge for us if Bach, Jones, and Watson can go, even if they're on the field a total of 15, 20 plays together. Because you know, I have a feeling that Watson and Jones might be held, you know, you know, uh, uh held back a little bit because especially because Thursday night, but either way, uh. I'm very excited from what I've seen so far. I mean, can you be really, you might want to, like I said, people are going to complain about the yards, but there's kind of a story behind that one. Six touchdowns, 
zero interceptions. I've liked it so far. Yeah, I'll take that. And honestly, we haven't had to have any discussions about his mechanics. None. None. We've had to have no discussions about his mechanics. His footwork is great. His throws on the run, very, very good. Uh, his his eyes to manipulate DBs. He's really only had one turnover-worthy play was the one that he threw uh, towards Malik Heath that AJ Terrell dropped. That's the only turnover-worthy play that I've seen from Jordan Love. I think uh, one more thing. There has been a couple game plays each game where if he held on just a half a second longer, there's a huge play out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys seen the one where it was a crosser and Romeo Dobbs it ended up being yep. incomplete, but Romeo Dobbs yep. came yep. open. Probably would have been a touchdown to be honest. It would have been a huge game. So just to see those a little bit more, and I'm I'm sure we all watched the Q- QB school and he explained it really well. So, yep. but as Love gets experience, he's going to see okay that guy's back is turned. There's no way he's turning in time to get here, and that ball's going to in the future that ball's going to Dobbs instead of. Uh, I think yep. it was Dontavian Wicks. So, I think it was Reed. Reed, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one that went over his head a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that was really the only bad read that I saw from him was missing Dobbs, and like I said, the only with the one turnover where they play. The one that I saw people saying that he underthrew to Dobbs on the pass interference, he got hit as he threw. Yeah. So that's where I see that one being underthrown. Um, he did have a couple overthrows, but overall, I'll say like I'll take like Bryant said, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and then he had the missed call on fourth and one. That was just him. He admitted to that one. He called the wrong check. So yeah. that's, you know, a young player making a mistake. That shit's going to happen. Out the, the butt stumble. So. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, for any throw that he missed, he made one just as good or better. The flea flicker play to, to Dontavian Wicks to open the game, if Dontavian Wicks doesn't get tackled, that's a touchdown. Yep. On the first play. And then the other one that he threw to Wicks in the corner of the end zone was an absolute dime. Wicks had his left arm held by Terrell. Didn't get called. I don't think Dontavian Wicks, rookie, is going to get that call against AJ Terrell. I don't think that's going to get called in any capacity. I think that's just a that's just a vet move by Terrell. Honestly, good play by him. Yeah. Yeah. One of those ones. Maybe maybe we've seen some foreshadowing because I think it was like two weeks ago. Jordan Love was asked about Watson's first play. The year prior, where he dropped it, and he said, "I think he'll make the play this time." Maybe, we, maybe we take a seventy-five yard shot to Watson. That'd be, that'd be fucking that'd be awesome. sick. <laughs> but that throw to Wicks—that's one of those ones where you see them doing the things at family night and in the preseason, and where they're throwing the balls into the net. That's Jordan Love putting the ball in the net. Yep. So, Jake, anything you want to see from Jordan Love from week two to week three? There's really nothing to complain about, like you guys have said. Um, I'll just add in that he's tied for first in touchdowns, like we've said, six touchdowns, and he leads in rating. So, really, can we complain about him? No. I'm, Did he I'm have a watching. fair shot last week? No. He put, He's played two games on the road, like we said. He was without one of the best left tackles in the league, one of the best left guards in the league left. Uh, our only star player on offense, Aaron Jones, was not in the game last week. So, you know, and then you take the speed factor out of it with Watson. I mean, that's, that's a tough hill to climb, but – you know, getting the 88 yards total from pass interferences, that was big for our offense, and it helped out. But I do think that Jordan Love's doing a good job going through his progressions. He's doing no-look passes already. Um, he's just he's just oh, a good guy. Yeah. The sidearm and his ability mm-hmm. to, like, just to, yeah. uh, to whoever's in his face or whatever is mm. – The sidearm that like, he threw on the out to Musgrave yeah. and, the, and to Reed was mm, – and then the one that he threw on the run, he didn't need to throw on the run. He could have planted, but he threw on the run to Romeo Dobbs right yeah. on the sideline. 
That was a fucking dot too. Bro, be honest. He looked like Rogers on that. Be yeah. honest. I, I could I can't deny it. He did. He fucking did. Bro, the the freaking the feet, the with the way the feet and his body was like, you know, contorted looked exactly like Rogers. I was like, oh shit, yeah, he was managing Rogers. Hey Jake, um, you kind of made a good point too about um on the road. Think about it. All significant playing time Jordan Love has in his career so far is all on yep. the road. Kansas City, Philly, yep. Chicago, and Atlanta. He'll finally have He's taking 11 snaps at home. 11. Even the Minnesota game last year where they got into the end of the blowout in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Dude, he he hasn't had a lot of time at Lambeau, bro. Like, let the crowd get behind you with the defense, feel energized. You know, after you make a big-time throw, like a – like a 35-yard throw right over the middle to, to Romeo Dobbs, and you hear the crowd, like, cheer for you, that's going to be a completely different oh, and, feeling for him. And hopefully we can start a little bit, you know, faster. He's There's going to be nerves for sure. Um, it'd be, I'm interested to see who if they're introducing the offense this game or the defense. Hopefully they do the offense and he gets a big, like, cheer and everything and kind of gets them, you know, settled in. and Because you know how they do one each different home game oh. or whatever. Bro, imagine him running somebody over on a 24-yard run in Lambo. You want to talk about giving the team the juice, bro? Yeah. Boy. All right. Simon, we're going to first. All while the crowd's doing the wave. <laughs> Shut up. Way to fucking ruin it. Oh, my God. I hate you. Shut up. Come on. That was a good joke. No. I will not. No, because that's going to happen. We went to the Brewer game a couple weeks ago, and we were talking to Mike. And while the Brewers are batting, the fans are like, let's do the wave. I'm like, <laughs> let's not. Say we why? did. <laughs> why? Are you all That's dumb? why it's funny, though. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now in the top of the ninth inning when our pitcher is going for a complete game. Now, if I ever go to a game with both of you guys, I'm going to be that asshole that stands in the middle of both of you. And it's like, all right, guys, let's do the wave. I hope a railing and I can push you over the railing. <laughs> I don't know this. I don't know this, dude. Uh, no, I'm just standing up to do the wave, and I bump him over. Oh. Come on, Jake and Tyler. Woo! Oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I accidentally spilled my cheese sauce on you. <laughs> it's okay. I like that. What? I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> All right, moving oh. on. Sorry. Man. All right, Simon, talk about the offense, what you're looking for in week three. Oh, Oops, man. I, I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I mean, you. It, it, this is going to super depend on – I'm optimistic that Jones and Watson play this week. I, I really fact the thing today was encouraging. Yeah, it, definitely. Um, and I, I feel good about Jones just because I was I, – I thought he was going to play last week, to be honest with you, because when he tweaked his hamstring on, uh, on that run, he even said it like it wasn't a big deal. But either way, uh, young offense, uh, Saints have a very – veteran really good defense um I, I saw something that said they hadn't allowed more than 20 points since week nine of last year i'm gonna bring that up later damn yeah. it sorry i have that written down i even have the last the team with the record oh, okay my bad um yeah and this uh the offensive line is really i think this will be a true test and test uh obviously depending on bach uh but and whether or not they play royce newman or sean ryan probably newman um, but Cam Jordan, uh, Carl Granison's having a good year. Um, yeah, and then their their secondaries just as good, if not better, than than their pass rush. Um, 
And so far, they've only allowed one touchdown through the air, and I think it was over like a linebacker, like some. School. Okay, to be fair, they played two teams. Yes, that I understand. I understand. Very not good offenses. <laughs> That's fair. So, to, be um, fair. to be fair, to be to fair. Be fair. Um, so yeah, they're, they're definitely gonna have their work cut out for them, but I feel good. Uh, like we were just talking about us being in Lambo, Jordan Love's gonna, he's gonna feed off the crowd. And I, I'm, I love the young receivers and how they're playing. Um, but I'm pretty optimistic. That's fair. Uh, Bryant, what about you? What are you looking for from the offense against the Saints? So, you know, talking about the run game a little bit. So the Saints, yeah, they've only given up 102 yards a game, which is like middle of pack for rushing. But um, they're also giving up five yards per carry. So if we oh. want to get the passing game going, we need to get the running game going. I know, you know, a lot's going to be on our offensive line. Can they, can they, you know, did they learn, pick up something maybe they're doing wrong or talk about footwork or something during the tape and the review? Uh, we'll see if Bakhtiari plays for whatever reason. Like, oh, well, we kind of talked about it. We're more so athletic people. We just need to figure out where we need to run the ball against this team and continue to pound it because that's what everyone does against us, right? The white, ride white, excuse me, ride, wide right. Um, <laughs> job, son. That's just a new that's a new phrase now is we're riding the white. I don't know if that means you're running on the hash marks or if you're running towards the outside, but roll with it, riding white. That's Sam's uh, motto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we need to find their weakness and keep running the ball against them. <laughs> Bro. You guys oh, you... stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was that quick hitter, bro. That was crazy. I wasn't gonna say anything like that. Uh, oh, it's okay. Tyler no, started talking about it. Oh my god! But that's like immediately where my mind went. Oh my god! Getting my Badger's face paint on now, and I'll fucking rub my face. Uh, all right, so back on the rails here. Oh my god. Um, we need to we need to find a way to run the ball against this team. If we can run the ball. It's going to open up the pass game. I think the the pass game is going to be a little open anyway. They don't get me wrong; they have a great defense. You know, Marshawn Lattimore. It helps us that Marcus May isn't playing. I mean, but um, they really haven't given much. Um, they haven't given much up through the air, but you got to take that kind of with a grain of salt because of the teams they played. Yeah. Um, Tennessee is not. Tannehill is just not it. I don't know why they're continuing to roll with that guy. Um, and you know Bryce Young is young. Bryce Young is young, so he uh, he's you know that's a tough matchup for him. I think they went into New Orleans. Well, so. It's not like it's not like they have you know great yeah. wide receivers. That's either. what I was gonna say. Yeah, you're, so, you're talking about an over the hill DeAndre Hopkins, so we, and we over can, the hill yeah, Adam Thielen, and then you're talking about Jonathan Mingle, who's a rookie this year, and Traylon Burks, who was a rookie last year, who's played barely enough games to even be considered a second year player. So, but. Yeah, I know. I know they've only given up one touchdown all year. Um, they have like seven sacks on the season. Uh, so, you know, for offense, I'm just looking for us to get the ball. You know, running the ball, and that should open up some pass game for us. Jake, what are you looking for from the offense? So I got a few things here uh, before I get into this, but the Packers have won ten straight home openers. Mm-hmm. It's the longest streak in the NFL. 
Nice. Uh, the Saints have the NFL's second best road record since 2018. They're 30 and 12 on the road, so that's wow. pretty damn good. Wow. Uh, the leader in that is Kansas City. No shock there. 32 and nine since 2018. The Packers in the regular season since 2018 have a 27 and six record at home, so that leads the NFL. So a couple things: uh, strength versus strength, right? Um, Simon brought it up earlier. I'm not going to take the whole stat. I'm going to let Tyler have some of it here, but. Uh, the Saints have held 10 straight opponents to under 20 points per game. That's the most since the Patriots did it 11 times. Uh, the last team to score 20 points on them was the Ravens, November 7th of 2022. So it's a tough task to score points on this team. Uh, they really get after it. So the thing that's really going to be important in this game, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but the offensive line versus their defensive line, right? So Simon brought up Granderson. They also have an eight-time Pro Bowler, Cameron Hayward. If you uh, if you ever heard of him, he's pretty damn good too. Uh, we're gonna have one or two of our best offensive linemen out of this game. The offensive line versus defensive line is really gonna win this game. And now to go to Bryant, who brought up a great point. Marcus May is gonna be out for this game. The backup at that position, his name is JT Gray. I had to look this up because I had no idea who the backup was. He has one career pass defense in six years. He's appeared in 68 games. Damn. <laughs> Attack be him. got to be special teams. So you're, what you're saying is – He's the backup. What oh, you're saying yeah, is this is going to be his 69th career game? <laughs> hey, it is. Nice. is uh, it Tyler, what, what do I keep saying, bro? The 69s find us, bro. It just happens now. The universe is like, here's all of the 69 stats. He did say that on Wednesday, to be fair. <laughs> they always find us. He was us. talking about the Badgers having a 6.9 yard per carry, and I chuckled, and he's like, eh, see, they find us. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> All right. So, for me, as far as the offense goes, I, I want to see Luke Musgrave continue to read defenses. I want to see Tucker Craft doing more. This is going to be more during the week, but doing more to get more snaps. But overall, I will say the future is very bright for Luke Musgrave. Um, I'm pretty satisfied with how Jordan Love is spreading the ball around. I have no complaints there. Uh, I do think this isn't many, you know, any of my Simon says or anything, but I do think Jordan Love is going to have more passing yards than anybody has against the Saints this year. Um, you're looking at 188 and 153 in the first two weeks. I think Jordan Love is going to be ahead of both of those. Um, and then I just really want to see Jordan Love keep making good decisions and not turning the ball over. Like I talked about before, I think he's only had one turnover-worthy play this season, and it was late in the game. So other than that, I'm really just aiming for the Packers to be over over 40% on third downs. That is really what I want to see. Um, it's still pretty early in the season, so whether the Packers are closer to the 60% they converted against the Bears or the 33% from last week, we will see as the sample size continues getting bigger, but I want to see the Packers over 40% is really where I want them. Um, so let's move forward into defense. Simon, what are you looking for from the Packers defense? Um, I think this is a pretty decent game for them to maybe get some, um, I can't word right now, um, for them to like prove that they can defend the run. <laughs> um, Kamara's out uh, last game of his suspension, so we won't see him. Unfortunately, and I know this sounds kind of bad, but like I, I like watching Williams play, and he's still one of my favorite players, even though he's not on the Packers anymore. All-time great um, dude. Yeah, all-time great dude, definitely. He's a 
I love his uh, picture he took this year. Have you seen it? The wide eye. Yeah, it's like well, <laughs> look like a psychopath. So it'll be uh, Keandre Miller too, like he does in some of his intros. Oh yeah. <laughs> There'll be uh, Keandre Miller, rookie. Uh, Tony Jones got brought up from the practice squad, and I'm sure they'll find a way to get Taysom Hill a couple of rushes. He had uh, 75 yards last week. We prepared for him for a touchdown yeah. on Twitter, Packers Twitter, just a meltdown. God. Remember when he was on the Packers practice squad in, in 2018? <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. God. Dude's 35 years old, earning $12 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think uh, Jair, uh, Jair's going to be looking for a bounce back uh, week this week uh, yep. versus Olave. Olave is killing it this year. He's having a super solid year. Yep. Um, pass rushing, uh, I think this is an amazing opportunity for them. Um, they The Saints have the 28th best pass, pass blocking efficiency per PFF and the 26th best pass block win rate per ESPN. And then, so just getting them in second and third and longs. And then uh, last thing I have was uh, the Packers are tied going, going into this week with the Cowboys uh, with 61 total pressures uh, across all players. Okay. Are you looking at like my that. notebook, bro? Yeah, dude. You, you know, literally just, read. How does it feel? How does you it feel when run. somebody does it? I didn't like any of that. I can't even talk about the run defense now because you yeah. literally oh, just took sorry. everything I was well, going to say. Just throw it out. Throw out whatever you got left. You should have. Should have first. You should have won first, dude. No, that was great. I think that you're a you smart human being be now. <laughs> building igloos and riding moose. So oh, yeah. You yeah, that was that was fantastic work. Um, I guess the thing that I'll add in is I'm going to talk about third down and fourth down defense and the pass rush real quick. Packers have a 45.5 quarterback pressure percentage so that's one of the top five in the nfl i forgot what number it was and i didn't write it down fast enough because i'm a dumbass um that will need to continue to rattle Derek carr who was a career 29 and 44 on the road in his career uh saints have given up uh sack uh six sacks in two games so that's not great so the packers can get to Derek carr rattle him a little bit um you already heard the, week. yeah not, not bears level right? bad but it's not good get off my notebook get off my notebook i think they've given up Eight sacks so far. Bears oh, out. Eight sacks. Yep. No, Saints have given up eight sacks. So oh, far. I thought it was six. Um, Bears at eight. So Saints might do. you heard the running backs. The running yep. backs are not great. Taysom Hill's literally the only guy that I'm worried about. I'm not worried about uh, Kendra Miller or Tony Jones. Tony Jones had 34 yards last week and two touchdowns on 12 carries. That's not outstanding stuff. So to fourth, third and fourth down defense, the Saints are picking up 43% on third downs. That's a pretty solid percent um but on offense they're not great they have not scored a touchdown where is this uh saints haven't reached the end zone before the three minute remained in the third quarter in both of their games so they have not scored in the first half uh they only have three total touchdowns they've scored 16 and 20 points that's not great so if the packers are going to have a week it's going to be the home opener against this offense Get it done. Bryant, what are you looking for from the defense against the Saints? Yeah, so they pretty much hit on everything um, that I was going to talk about. I'll I'll just go in kind of my key of the game because that's pretty much what I'm looking for the defense. But it's just to get after Derek Carr. This is the first quarterback that we're going to play that really doesn't have the potential to run away from us. Um, 
Desmond, like I said, Desmond Ritter kind of surprised me last week. I knew he was athletic, but he he definitely showed it a little more than I had anticipated. Um, Derek Carr is not going to do what Fields and Ritter has done. Um, he's been, like I said, he's been sacked eight times. So get to him and bring him to the ground um, or force errors. Uh, hopefully jaw plays. I know he didn't practice today. He hurt his back or his back was bothering him. That will be a big one for us because if, if you watch Derek – car kind of play if his first read is taken away he struggles a little bit he kind of starts to panic a little bit he's a good quarterback don't get me wrong he's going to put up yards but he'll make mistakes he's good a, is a word oh, yeah I mean, he's a serviceable quarterback he's who decent, can have big yeah. games. so if we can get him off his spot and take away his first look i think we're gonna we're gonna get to him and we're gonna you know uh we're going to complete those sacks this week. So that's a little foreshadowing for my, you know, Simon says, but yeah, just really pressure. him. I'm looking for the defense, to put a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. So if we're, if we're jumping into keys and this ties into mine, I want to reiterate Simon's point about not letting the saints get into third and short situations. That's a really big deal. I think that's what created a lot of the problems in the Falcons game. Now my key to the game is not letting the saints get in rhythm. That's what the Falcons had was they were super balanced with what they were able to do with their runs and passes. They had one working off of the other, one setting up the other, and they were able to use both. If the Packers are able to stop the run, they will have a better opportunity to be able to focus more on the passing game and on a player like Chris Olave, who Simon brought up. We talk about Ohio State. We don't love them, but there's no denying they turn out a lot of really good wide receivers. That is true. So Harrison coming out this next year might be better than he's might be the number one overall pick. Um, so Paul said Carr is nothing compared to Fields or Ritter. We can put pressure on him and rattle him. He's nothing compared to them as far as the legs go. You don't have to worry about him running on you. He's I would say he's a smarter quarterback than both of them. I would agree with that. He's less athletic, but he's gotta be smarter because he's a pocket passer. Before his injury, he was an MVP candidate. So, I mean. If, okay, let me say this. If he was in Detroit, he'd be better than Jared Goff. I'll throw that out there. I think. I don't They're think about so. the same. They're about the same. They're in the same tier, but I think he would be just as good, if not better than Goff, if he was in Detroit. With with that. Line. You think Goff is good? I think he's better than Derek Carr. Look at, look at Goff when he gets pressured. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like a almost, almost every quarterback does worse when they're pressured. Yeah, but Carr's number, pre- number when pressured are probably way better than Goff's number when pressured. So that's something I'll have to dig into. I, I'm not, I'm not saying like. Fun to look. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just don't. I don't like Carr. Like you know, he's not light years ahead of him or anything like that. So. Yeah, but yeah, they're probably I mean, within the same like tier or whatever you want to say. Right. When we're talking about run stopping, like now is the time. Their top two running backs are out, so like now is the time. It is time. It is time. Simon, what's your key to the game? Uh, Let Jordan have time in the pocket. Yep, that makes sense. Simple. Uh, Jake, what about you? (laughs) Take the ball, go down and score, make Lambeau really, really loud. I thought you were going to say score more than the other. No, no, no. No, then I actually back. no no no. Take ball this has been a theme for me. Put ball in end zone. Get ball back. Put ball this in has been end a zone. theme for me this week. I'm being serious right now. It's been a theme for me this week. My key, one of my keys for the Badgers was to start fast because they started slow. 
Yep. And what they do tonight, they started fast. They went down the field. They scored a touchdown right away. It completely set the tone for that football game. I want the Packers to take the ball. I want them to go down the freaking field. I want them to score a touchdown right away, get Lambeau rocking, and then the defense do their thing, get after Derek Carr, and let's just go from there. Start on fire, end on fire. All right. Bryant, what's, uh, what's the matchup you're watching? So the matchup I'm watching, we've kind of alluded to, we've talked about a lot. We've talked about with our keys of the game, the trenches. If we don't win our break even in the trench game, uh, the, this game, it's going to be hard for us to win. If we're letting them run the ball on us with really no true running back, Keandre Miller's up in the air. We don't really know yet. He's a fast guy. He's very fast. So we, if we're letting him run on us or Tyson Hill break off big runs or anything, or we're letting Jordan Love get pressured, we're – we're probably not going to win the game, not against this defense. Um, so really just the trenches. We need This game is going to come down to the, you know, the nitty-gritty of winning in the trenches. So. so my thing is, my matchup is Joe Barry versus the New Orleans run game. Now I posed this question to Jake earlier about maybe running some four down lineman sets. So that's where I'm coming back to this and then just trusting your corners in some one-on-ones. Um, we, we, we brag about the Packers cornerback depth too. Uh, maybe just – I'm not saying every single play let them go one-to-one, you know, one-on-one, man-on-man, and play a ton of man-to-man defense. But here and there, just mix it in and just throw in some some sets where you have some extra big boys on the defensive line because we've seen some of these rookies play pretty well in defensive line. Um, like Carl Brooks, Bretton Cox, and Colby Wooden, they've, they've put some good things on tape, and I know the sample size is small. And we haven't seen a ton of them. And it may be one of those things where it's like you haven't seen a lot from a young player. So you don't know what you're going to get. So you have a harder time scheming against them. That's something you could throw out there. But um, really just kind of mixing up uh, what they're doing on defense to stop the running game. Um, so that's what I'm looking for is Joe Barry mixing things up against the Orleans running game. Um, Simon, what's the matchup you're watching? Uh, yeah, our offensive line versus the Saints D-line. Jake, I have uh, both sides of the ball. We got to win the line of scrimmage. Um, here's a weird stat for you, and I actually agree with you. This is the week to let the corners go one on one. Last week, Derek Carr only attempted one pass over 20 yards, so he's really just dinking and dunking. So we gotta we gotta so get out on your team. Take some fucking shots. Yeah, Rashid Shahid's not a bad wide receiver yeah. either. And now Michael yeah. Thomas is getting healthy and playing well too. Yeah, he doesn't go 20 yards on the field. So that's true. Huh. Yeah. So let's he is Jared Goff. Yeah. He is seriously, that's why it's actually a pretty good comparison. <laughs> All right. Um, Brian, who's your X Factor? Rashawn Gary. I put it's time to take the gloves off. We're on home field grass. Take the gloves off and release the beast. Like let him go. Well, Please. I have... He's two games in now. We've seen what he can do. We're not playing on turf, nothing. I know he's a little limited this week, and we got a game in Thursday. I want to see 30-plus snaps, hopefully into the 40s this game, from Rashawn Gary. So, speaking of Rashawn Gary, he only has 30 – he has 25 pass rushing snaps this year. He has eight pressures. Yeah. Probably like, that's disgusting. Like, let him go. So one in three pass plays, basically, that he plays. Yeah. He's getting a pressure. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Uh, my X factor is Jair Alexander. Uh, he needs to be the sure tackling lockdown corner that we know he is. Um, and I think I agree with Simon. He said it at the very beginning of the show that this might be one of the worst games that Jair's had in his career against the Falcons. 
I think that's true, and I think that he needs to not just bounce back to being good. We need to see like a signature job versus Justin Jefferson type performance from Jair against Chris Olave this week. Um, so Jair Alexander is my X factor. Uh, Simon, who's yours? Uh, left guard, whoever they decide to play. I okay. think they have they have a tough task in. Sean Ryan's an unknown. Royce Newman, um, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, as you alluded to, it's nice to see him not have like not just get beat up um, off the snap. So we need some consistency while Jenkins is out. Which Jenkins is not going on IR. Yeah. That was reiterated again today. Jenkins himself said he's not going on IR. So that means that they think he's going to be back within the four weeks. So that is encouraging. And he's back after the Thursday game. He'll probably be out these next two games, and I bet he'll find his way back on the field. Yeah. After the 10-day rest. Time, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, after the Raider game, they have a bye, too. So oh, if he yeah. misses three weeks. If he's not on the bench, he might be That gives him four weeks, but only three three games. That's true. So that, that could be a factor as well. Uh, Jake, who's your X factor? I went real cliche, but it's Jordan Love, man. Um, your first time under the Lambo lights. I know it's not going to be the lights because it's going to be the daytime, but I uh, wanted to kind of set the mood. Uh, you made some mistakes last week, like giving the wrong live word on fourth down. Uh, you threw a really horrible pass. You got lucky it didn't get picked off, but you also looked really good at times. So uh, show you learned from last week. Show you learned from your mistakes and do something that Roger struggled with, in my opinion, for a long time and show you can beat an elite defense. Okay, so Paul said Jair is going to ball out two weeks in a row. Isn't going to happen. I, and I I agree. He's got plenty of track record to show that. So, like I said, got to keep an eye on his back. You know how conservative the Packers are. If he's not 100, he's probably ain't going. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Jake, back to you. What's the weather going to be like? Tyler, I sent it to you. Yeah, I, I know. Said, no, I'm not lying about this, bro. I know. The game, the weather for game time is 69 degrees. Yes. I literally <laughs> sent the screenshot to Tyler to show that I was not just making this up. <laughs> Winds southeast at nine miles per hour. It's like, I'm telling you, they find us, bro. You know, Derek Carr's attempted 69 passes this year. <laughs> All the 69s, bro. It's <laughs> like the movie 23. Too bad the wind said didn't say wind is six to nine miles an hour. <laughs> oh, you got a hurricane coming here? Are they bringing it with them? No, six two nine, not sixty. Oh, that you said it too fast. It sounded like sixty nine. That would have been fantastic. All oh, right, yeah. Simon, you're back this week. We got you here live in the person, so you get to go first for score prediction. What's your score prediction from the head? Uh, Packers win nine to six. No, I'm just. <laughs> 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 uh, I got seventeen fourteen Packers. I think it'll be a slugfest, low scoring game at home. Jordan Love picks up first dub home game starting. Um, I'm going to just go next because mine is also a three-point margin of victory. I have 23-20 Packers. Scoring over um, the 20? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm for it. Mine's also a three-point victory, 20-17. to 17. Oh, look at us. Jake, if you don't have a three-point margin of victory, it Fire. fits with the fact that we're all wearing Packers stuff and you have a bright red T-shirt on. <laughs> well, sadly, I have a three-point victory. Hey, part hey. of the course. At least we're consistent. 19 to 16. Let's go. They're all 
We don't score heard, 20, but heard, we get the dub. Here Simon say 20 to 17, and he's like, how can I change this, but also make a six and a nine in here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simon, what's your score prediction from the heart? Uh, 2013. I, I don't know. I think this game, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Excuse me yeah. for the offense a little bit. Uh, mine is pretty close to what I said for my position from the head. I had the Packers scoring one more point and scoring 24 and holding the Saints to 14. I do think that there is a route where the like the Saints just their offense kind of stalls if they don't have their two good running backs or either of them. Um, and then their passing game just isn't that strong, like you brought up with the offensive line. If they can't keep their car upright, it could actually be a long day for the Saints offense. All right, Brian. So it's going to kind of tie into my bold predictions, but I got 31-17 from the heart. Ooh, I like it. All right, Jake. From the heart, 27-13 Green Bay. Okay. Two TDs. All right. So, Bryant is always chomping at the bit for these. I'm sure he's got some some super crazy ones. So, we'll let, we'll let Brian go first for Simon Says. Let's do offense first. All right. So, my offense one. Kind of like we talked about, the Saints have only given up one touchdown th- through the first two games. Green Bay will score four. <laughs> I had it at three, and I was like, "Is that bold enough?" I'll go four. <laughs> Simon, what do you say? Yes. How, how do you? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm for it. I I love. Yeah, you're. I, you're know, never, I, I love the. You. She was yep. just like listening. Just oh like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Hey, this sounds cool. I like this. They named a segment after me. This is cool. I'm gonna kick back and watch this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Packers at home a little bit. I, I could. I think there's a world where this game could be a beatdown. There's, a, there's, yeah, there is. And I'll say this in in fairness of not being homerist or anything like that, because I, I don't think we we don't get accused of that very often, but just in the full you know, the full interest of giving all the context there, there's a way where the saints win this game too, by stopping the oh, yeah, sure. and Derek Carr and Chris Olave are a good pairing. So there is a scenario where the saints win this game as well. We're not just picking the Packers to win because we're homers. We're, we tend to lean towards the optimistic side. That's why we do two different score predictions. No, I, I think I had us, I mean, I had us losing a bunch of games last year when I was yeah. doing predictions. And yeah. I was pretty, pretty clear. I'm superstitious from my baseball time, and I will not pick against the Packers no matter who we're playing. So. <laughs> I'll say, and like you can see it too in our margins of victory. Like none also, of us are picking the Packers, you know, from yeah. our analytical side to win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah. Literally, all three or all four of us picked a picked the Packers to win by three on our analytical side of it. I mean, so. they're only favored by one and a half. So. If this was a Saint, if if we were playing at the Saints, I would have probably had this as a loss. Same. Yeah, that's fair. Superdome's a tough place to play, and we suck yeah. there. So I would have thought yeah. it was a loss. I would have picked us winning either way. <laughs> I do not pick against the Packers. I just, it's just a superstition thing for me. But I'll put us very close. All right, Jake. What's what's your offensive Simon says? Jordan Love, two touchdowns, two hundred and fifty-five yards, hundred and thirty-five rating. <sighs> I thought you were going to say 135 rushing yards. Like, right. <laughs> That'd have been more than I predicted for the season for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. I, I like it. I, I don't think two touchdowns is even out of the realm. I think that's. It's really I'm just the 135 rating. Yeah, the 135 rating. Yeah, yeah. I'm for it. 
So my offensive one is three touchdowns for Jordan Love. His third straight three touchdowns, no interception game. Uh, ooh. I, I think this is the week where he turns the ball over. Totally right. could happen. Saints have the defense for it. So yeah, put that on the universe like that. Aaron Matthews out there, Lattimore, yeah. Yeah. Matthews a bomb, dude. Still makes plays. Shut up. If he was on the trade block, you know you'd want the Packers to take a look. Fuck no. Look at our safeties. I don't give a I would shit. take Tyron Matthew over Rudy Ford in a fucking heartbeat. No, I'm good. Yeah, I would trade a hundred dollar bill for a ten dollar bill every time too. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Rudy Ford's at least a twenty. <laughs> no, I hate it. Fuck no, no, I'm not. That was a quality one. pun. You guys are dicks. Yep. <laughs> All right, Bryant, you got a defensive one. That's what you get for yep. slamming the cheese thing. Um, <laughs> you said that, not me. I know. You gave me a disapproval on it, so. Well, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> All right. So defense. Derek Carr has been sacked eight times this year. So far, Green Bay will get him six times. Holy shit. Ooh, I like it. I, 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 the Packers' uh, pass rush have been so good this year. <laughs> I'm for it. Oh, that'd be so sick. All in the first half, too. Just whoop his ass. <laughs> Taysom Hill's in that quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake, go ahead. Well, Bryant wanted the. Gary to go crazy. I have Gary two and a half sacks. I, mean, I wanted to go three and a half, but that I, fucking. I, I really wonder how much the coaching staff is like gonna hold him back before they just like give him a full slate. So my my defensive one, it does tie into another pass rusher, and I think this is gonna be inspired by what I saw from him on the tape against um Wow, you show up at the end of the show, James. The Saints guy finally shows up at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. um, this comes down to what I saw from Lucas Van Ness against the Falcons and what I saw from him against the Bears. So mine for defense is Lucas Van Ness has a sack and a pass defense. Oh, I'm in. Uh, I, I, yeah, I got to look that up. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Bro, I'm telling right. you right now, I'm if he in. intercepts a pass wearing wearing the elbow, like brace, oh, he yeah. is J.J. Watt. He is J.J. Watt then. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a, I would have to go back and clip myself talking about that when we did all of our draft prep. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Never mind. All right. Simon, is there any – do you want to throw any Simon says out there for yourself? Yeah, I got one. Um, Jair has a bounce back game and holds all receivers he's defending to under 20 yards. Ooh. I like it. I don't know, man. I'll say that's... fifty. I'll say he holds them under fifty. That's not bold enough. Olave uh, Olave is one of three receivers to go over at least eighty-five in the first two weeks. Him, yep. CD Lamb, and there's one other guy. But that's t- I'm gonna say no. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. I think Jair's mad. So unless they're gonna dink and dunk him the whole time. Then he might give up more than that, but I don't think he's getting beat down the field this year, this week. No. Oh, yeah, definitely not. All right. Anything else you guys want to throw out there for this game? Um, No. I just want to win because I know I'm going to miss next week's game. <laughs> yes. And, Simon, anytime you want to send your notes in, your your voice is always welcomed, and I do always read them for, for what you say on here. I don't uh, – 
I don't embellish your words when when you send them in. So I, I am capable of being somewhat serious. I'm so, all righty. Other than that, Jake and I will be back on Wednesday talking about the Badgers and the Brewers. Um, Tim said, I hope your fantasy team sucks this week. That's not going to happen. I'm going to be by 30. And we will see you guys on Wednesday, and then we will be back <laughs> next Friday. Are we going to be here Tuesday for the recap? Tuesday night. Maybe? Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tuesday night. I, I forget the Packers play on Thursday next week, so we will be on Tuesday night. So you will see us Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we're going to recap the Lions game next Friday. And then the following Friday, we will preview um, the Raiders game. So we will be back on Tuesday. Thank you, Brian, for bringing that up. Twins just clinched the playoffs, too, so we got that going for me. Now I can watch them lose three in a row and be kicked out again. Yeah. Well, the Yankees <laughs> are in the playoffs. We have that to look forward to. Yeah. They are clinched tonight as well. So. Yep. All righty. Yeah, I think we helped you that by beating Cincy two out of three. Mm. You did. All righty. So we will see you guys on Tuesday then. Tuesday. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.